across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, woman arrested on suspicion of murdering Bedfordshire toddler. Father criticises sex education at Bedford Primary School and disabled Hertfordshire peer told she can't get on London bus. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. Detectives are investigating the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April in the village of Malden near Amptill. Beds, please say the post-mortem, which took place on Wednesday the 15th, was inconclusive and investigations are ongoing. A father has criticised the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Renhold Lower School near Bedford. In a letter to parents, the head says they strictly comply with the national curriculum, but Mr Keeley says their approach is inappropriate. I don't think they need to know the full ins and outs. I'd, I'd just go back to me when I was a child... Um, and it was initially done with, with animals, animals mated. Another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. Rescuers have been working through the night, hoping to find more survivors. A Bedfordshire firefighter who is stranded in Nepal has contacted his family to ask for help. Clive Wilkinson, a crew commander at Kempston Fire Station, was with his wife Heather, and they were trekking near Kathmandu. His sister Karen says they need a helicopter. They're actually stranded up a very remote part of the land. Tang Valley at the moment and uh, there are a number of obviously the, the priorities to get the injured and the and the wounded uh, to places of safety and, and hopefully um, you know Clive Clive a helicopter will arrive when at some point but they're not you know they're, they're waiting to hear when that might be. David Cameron is expected to promise that a new Conservative government will bring in a law that guarantees there will be no increases in income tax VAT or national insurance with just over a week till the general election the Labour leader Ed Miliband will say the Conservatives economic plan would mean cuts to tax credits. The president of the Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, says she was told she couldn't get on a bus in London yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Sal Brinton, who uses a wheelchair, was asked to wait for the next bus. More from Paul Scoynes. The Baroness tweeted that it was absolutely outrageous that she wasn't allowed on the bus because a parent refused to move their buggy. She's making a formal complaint to Transport for London. TfL guidelines state that wheelchair users get priority over passengers with buggies who have to move to make way for them. A Hertfordshire homelessness charity is asking people in Watford to provide homes for teenagers who have nowhere else to go. Hearts Young Homeless wants to hear from hosts who can provide accommodation for up to three weeks. In sport, Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool and Milton Keynes-Dons midfielder Carl Baker is the club's player of the year. The weather, rain moving east this morning, heavy at times, drier and brighter this afternoon with some sunny spells. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, guys. I'm bunged up. Little tickly throat. But do you know what? Do you know what's different this time? I'm not going to bang on about it. As usual. As per usual. I had the option last night, and I was feeling a little bit, a little bit poorly, to get in my car go to Tesco, go to the pharmacy, buy uh, a shed load of Night Nurse and some Vicks. And I didn't. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to ride this cold out. Yeah, that's right, guys. Yeah. Yes. I am going to ride this. I am as brave as those marathon runners, some of whom may have had a limb missing. I am going to ride this cold out without chemicals. I'm not putting money in the pockets of those thieves. But I do feel quite rough as a result of that. Pride of Britain Award on Pride the Pride of D- Daily Mirror, ITV, Simon Cowell. You may want to get in touch and give me Pride of Britain Award for that. I'm like those people that give kidney away to a complete stranger just for the heck of it. Like I've, almost like I've raised a million pounds for somebody. Except they do it with medication. Yeah, yeah, lightweights. Oh, yeah, anaesthetic, is it? Oh, yeah, keyhole surgery, have some of that. So, with that in mind, we're going to crack on with the show. And one thing, and I know we're playing a song later on, nobody under any circumstances is allowed to mention Joni Mitchell. We can't put the curse of the show on a woman who's already knocking at the door of death. Let's call her something else. Yeah, let's... uh, Who don't we like? Let's call her Ollie Moores. (laughs) Gosh, isn't Ollie Moores poorly in that Canadian hospital? Can't mention Joe Mitchell. The curse can't take another one. On today's show, birds and bees, beds and breakfasts, and beefs on buses. Ooh. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
uh, while we're playing that, Justin. Go on. Uh, Jack Ely, the uh, lead singer of uh, The Kingsman, died. Oh, you're joking. No. Well, that's my curse, then. Really? Last week, yeah, I had Idiot Wednesday. I was uh, driving through the Riverside car park in Hemel Hempstead, windows down, had a CD called The Weekend Starts Here. That tune was playing full whack with yeah. the echo. Obviously, the curse has come back again. Oh, man, alive. Uh, we're not mentioning Joni Mitchell. No, don't, please. We're not mentioning please. her. She's you know, too big. We She's don't want big. to push her over the edge. Mm. What I love about that song, and I only found this out the uh, the other week, I was, strangely was reading about the history of Louie Louie. Mm. And... Um, uh, no one knows exactly what the lyrics are because the guy, because Jack is mumbling it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they were rehearsed, they rehearsed the song in the studio, and uh, Jack said, "Okay, guys, should we go for one?" And the engineer went, "Oh no, no, I've recorded it. That was it." No, no, that was a rehe- no, 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 no. Well, well, that, that's the one. What we're going to put out? He said, "No, I wasn't singing it properly." Mm-hmm. Ah, don't worry, it'll do. And they put it out like that. Wow. That's why it's full of mistakes and him mumbling because he thought it was just a rehearsal. For once, from you, that's a cracking story, boss. A little bit. Hmm, I need to um, send that uh, that sentence off to the laboratory and get it analysed if there's any sarcasm <laughs> and rudeness in there. Now, Justin Daly. Yes. Uh, a father is unhappy with you, but that's a different story. <laughs> the story we're talking about this morning is this. I made myself laugh. That's good. A father's unhappy with the way that children are being taught sex education at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Renold Lower School near Bedford, but he says their uh, approach is inappropriate. Um, uh, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been looking into this and joins me now. What's the background, Just? Uh, yeah, Nick Keeley says that uh, he and his wife got a letter from the head teacher, Mrs Ferguson, explaining that children will be taught sex education as part of a topic for half term. The topic was called A Healthy Me. Uh, The letter says that children will be taught about changes in their own body, how babies begin, how they're born, feelings, emotions, difficult situations, decisions and how to keep our bodies healthy. Now, as a dad of two uh, boys slightly younger than eight, that sounds alright to me. Sounds very normal, but uh, Nick says the letter was ambiguous and he wanted clarification from the school. So his wife had a meeting with one of the teachers and a number of diagrams were brought out to kind of reassure her. We have found out that they want to show an erect men's genitalia to the students, to an eight-year-old, not a picture, a a diagram, Um, and then they want to explain where that will go uh, during intercourse itself. Um, they will also be showing a drawing with two adults on top of each other, calling it a very close cuddle um, prior to, to, to showing the picture I mentioned before. And then they will be detailing the journey of a sperm uh, where it goes to meet the egg, where the sperm comes from. And I just, I just, I don't think an eight-year-old needs to know that. Can I just, mm-hmm. can I put, because listen, I don't know. My boys are five and three. Eight is kind of a cusp age, I think. It's a significant age. You know, I think before that, you're still a young kid. Yeah. Beyond that, I mean, you're still a kid, but you're, you're, you know, you're veering towards teenagehood. A drawing of a penis mm-hmm. to Look. an eight-year-old, as long you know, I've seen the sex education class, to me, I need to ask the listeners, is to me, feels all right. Feels all right. Really? I don't really have a... I don't think I have a problem with that. Kath, you've got... You're, you're... I think the fact she's a little girl makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. And um, having been one... If you've never seen a man's private part before, it can be a bit shocking. So I can see why her dad's got reservations. And an erect 
yeah. penis as well. Oh, did he say it was erect? Yes. Mm. I missed that. I missed the mm. erection. Mm. I often do. Uh, Nick's wife was understandably shocked by this. Um, she thought, like him, that it was too much and uh, children should be starting, like, you know, with animals. That's what they thought. Right. Uh, Nick's wife asked in this meeting, am I strange for finding this a little bit odd with these diagrams? And uh, the reply from staff came back along the lines of, well, nobody else has ever had an issue with this. That was their response. So that meeting was meant to try and reassure them. All it did for, for the parents, in this case, and you were talking to Nick later, is make the situation even worse. OK, Nick denies he's being prudish. Let's have a little he listen does, to yeah. him again. Me and my wife, we understand the importance of beginning to educate children about the changes in their body. About I think, I think the buzzword that's used are uh-oh feelings. I think that's a fantastic term. If something is an uh-oh feeling, then you need to raise concerns. Um, but, but I don't think they need to know the full ins and outs. I'd, I'd just go back to me when I was a child, um, and it was initially done with, with animals, animals mated. And I never put two and two together until later on, when I was emotionally mature enough to think, well, hang on, if animals mate, then humans mate as well. The ins and outs, uh, literally. It's a tough <laughs> one, isn't it? And, um... Mm. Uh, I don't know if there is necessarily a right or wrong answer on this, and uh, certainly no one's having a pop at uh, uh, Nick, and we've got both Nick and uh, a representative from the school coming on later on, just to try and clarify what's going on. What guidance is given to primary schools around sex education? Well, the Department for Education, they recommend that all primary schools should have a, a sex and relationship programme tailored to the age and physical and emotional maturity of the children. Uh, talking about an eight-year-old child here, course. It should uh, ensure that both boys and girls know about puberty and how a baby is born. The Sex Education Forum, uh, they campaign to improve sex education in schools. Uh, says that between the ages of seven and eight children, they should know why does having a baby need a male and a female and what are eggs and sperm? I don't know. Oh, that's a, sorry, I thought you were asking me for a second. Phew. Uh, well, we, the, we're going to speak to... Who are we speaking to later on, The Kath? chair of governors is going to come So we've got on. Nick, uh, the dad who's upset, coming on. And, and Jeremy the, Evans. And Jeremy Evans, the chair of governors, is coming on, so we can talk to them a bit later on. All right, uh, Justin. I think maybe. I think maybe I should go to the school later on, because apparently the school are saying, well, again, no. according to, to, to what was said in this meeting, nobody else seems to have a problem. Parents there, do they have no, a problem? No, I disagree, Justin. Let's not do it that way. The school are coming on. Let's just... I think, it, yes, it's been... A, it's it's been a tentative negotiation, Justin, behind the scenes to get the school to come on. So I would suggest let's not, um, uh, uh, maybe let's not today. Uh, but you can take it to the streets. OK. Take it to the streets. And also, boy, oh boy, I've got to say, when you came in this morning, Justin, mm. I thought you were having a go at me. Why? Because I've never seen you so um, firm. You were firm this morning. Catherine and I were sat in the kitchen. You burst in and went, are you serious, mate? I thought, what have, what, have I, what have I done? He said, are you serious, mate? Yeah. I said, what about? You said about that email you sent. Uh-huh. I went, oh, yes. You want to go and play Quasar? Oh, you boy, oh, boy. Yeah. And we can, now, Kelly, we've not had a response from you. Are you going to come and I've play Quasar? I just emailed you. Oh, let me read. Uh, hang on. your emails. Let me check my email. Um, no email. My email has taken quite a long time to come through. Mate, I've not got it. My exact words. Yep. Tell me when. Yep. Tell me where. Yep. I'm there. Hey, we're going to play <laughs> Quasar, Justin. I am there. It's very 90s. I didn't know it still existed. No, it still existed. They've still got one in, uh, in my town and Hemel Hempstead. It's still going. That says to me it still must be very popular. <laughs> uh, Justin, we'll cut something for you in a little bit. I'll speak to you in a minute. Yeah, Ta-ta. Bye-bye.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, there was a lane closed on the exit slip road at Junction 11 for Luton because the lorry broke down there, but that has been recovered, so it's open again and moving well now. In Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way, a reminder that there's roadworks at the Kingston roundabout, so expect delays. And also in Biddenham, there's some roadworks on Bromham Road eastbound between the A428 at the Branston Way and the A6 Paula Radcliffe Way. That could cause it to be slow later on. On the train departure boards, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three County. Thank you, Sammy. 6.16. It is uh, Wednesday, the 29th of uh, April. Today we decide the name of this special hour, guys. We've got it down to a few. You've got about... mm, I'm going to say you've got 20 minutes if you've got any more suggestions. 08459 555 555. These are your headlines, though. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. A father has criticised the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford. And another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. BBC Three Counties Radio. The general election on the BBC. We're bringing you the news as it happens, wherever you happen to be. Just enter your postcode on the BBC News website and you'll see all the details of your constituency and the latest news from where you live. We're helping you understand the policies and key issues. And what they mean to you. Election 2015 on the BBC. Making it clear. Gap here. Ragging around. Certainly a lack of penetration is an issue. Oh, what a... Sex is everywhere. 
ruddy thing away. Let's go to Terry. Morning, Terry. Morning, Ian. How are you? <laughs> I haven't heard that song for about eight years, and it's uh, it's ruder than I remembered it. Yeah, do you know why you haven't heard it for eight years, Ian? Yeah, oh, come on, that's a that's Chico Arnez's finest hour. Yeah, because it's not very good. Terence. Now, bearing in mind you just slated one of my uh, top one hundred and fifty songs of all time, let's listen to your suggestion of what you'd like to call this hour. Right, well, it's a wee bit of a twist on the highbrow radio four program news hour. Oh, okay, news hour. News hour. Well, hang on a minute. First of all. D- I don't think that Radio 4 don't have a programme called News Hour, do they? Well, maybe I've got it wrong. Well, you can't do a pun on something that doesn't exist. Um, well, snoo- but Snooze Hour implies, you know, I, I want people to think this is full of, of, of vim and vigour and indeed pizzazz. Well, th- th- what I was thinking was, because it works on different levels, doesn't it? So, Snooze, it's Snooze. That was the twist. Yeah. Where's, where's the other? That's one level. Where's the other one? And, and then. Like the, the favourite button on everybody's gadget is the That's button. when you turn the radio off, isn't it? You, you give yourself... Thank you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> For ten minutes, peace. You speak to Kev. I'm, I'm at my, my wit's end. I've already spoken to Kev twice. He's told me this idea twice. I Kev. think you're going to love it. Kev, what you got for us? Morning, uh, Yeah, uh, Catherine, I think you will love this. Now, this is on two levels, OK? So you oh, no, another multi-levelled one. Right, OK. The name for this club... Is going to be called the Ministry of Nonsensical, Knowledgeable, Educated Eccentrics. Uh, and okay, and what does right. that spell? What, what, what does that spell? Mints or something? No, no. Well, write no, no, down. No, no. Look, what? tell him it again, Kev. Oh, I can't. Be, it's right. too Come many on. letters. Come no, on. you have to. In Ministry of, of Nonsensical. Nonsensical. Right. No, 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 nonsensical. All right. I was, I was trying to abbreviate it. Yes. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Educated. Oh, yeah? Eccentric. Hey! You need... In there, in the hour of six and seven, we have Ian Lee and the Monkeys. Thank you, Kev. Thank you very much indeed. It's on the list. Do you want me to write it on the board? Well, I I was just being polite. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Terry. The decision's going to be made in about 13 minutes. Just read what we've got on the list so far. So far, our hour. Yes. Ragging around. No, 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 no. You've got to say it. You've got to say it. Properly. Ragging around. Ragging around. Ragging around. Ragging around. Ragging around. The power hour. Yeah. The yardy hour. Yappy. The yappy hour. Yeah. And the rabbit hole. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we're going to make a decision soon, guys. We'll make a decision soon. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about bus beef? Yeah, let's do bus beef. The president of the the president, no less, of the Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, was told she could not get on a bus in London yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. I thought this had all been sorted out with that landmark court case a while ago. Didn't they decide though that they both have equal dibs on it and they'd have to fight it out? Baroness Sal Brinton, who uses a wheelchair, was made to wait for the next bus. She was furious, and we'll be hearing from her uh, later on in the show. Catherine, you, uh, what happened to I this? was tweeting her yesterday yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, what happened? She was travelling in London yesterday afternoon, waiting for the number 24 bus at Euston Square. She says when the bus arrived, she went to board it and noticed there was a man with a child in a buggy in the disabled space. Now, the man refused to move out of the seat, despite the seat being a priority seat for people with disabilities. And then, apparently, the bus conductor wouldn't get involved only to say to Baroness Brinton that she'd have to wait for the next one. 
To make things worse, the next bus didn't even stop because that bus was still oh, at the bus stop. Oh, no. Uh, what's she going to do? Well, this is not a woman who takes things on the chin like that, so she's going to raise it with um, with TFL. She says she was left very frustrated and angry at not being able to board the bus, and she believes that being a wheelchair user, she has the priority over buggies, but no-one would enforce the rules. She now says she'll be making that formal complaint to Transport for London, saying that many bus drivers and conductors just don't realise the rules, and even when they do, they don't make sure they're applied. She wants to appeal to other wheelchair users to always complain, no matter how embarrassing the situation might be for them at the time, but they must complain to the bus operator, she says, if something like this happens. Transport for London, what have they said? We're going to be speaking to them too later on in the programme. Hey. Um, but uh, we won't be speaking to this chap, uh, Mike Weston, he's the director of buses, uh, who we spoke to yesterday. He said he was very sorry to hear of uh, the Baroness Sal Brinton's experience. They've spoken to the bus operator, Metro Line, and they're investigating. The guidance to bus drivers clearly states that wheelchair users are to be given priority access to the dedicated space on our buses even if it's occupied by a buggy or other passengers. Drivers are asked to use the onboard automated announcement system to make it clear when the wheelchair space is needed. And I switched off there. That's the length of, of right. statements, I'm, I'm thinking. So, I mean, the useful thing is that if for the shy bus driver, there is a, a voice that they can press on a button I, that will say, move up. The, the, the thing is, slightly different if you've got a double buggy, the, the thing is um, that you, I couldn't do that. We haven't, we haven't used a buggy for a long time. I couldn't do that. I would... Be, I would uh, give, just give me a minute. It's going to take a minute. Give me a minute. Let me, right, you get out of there. You sit there. Let's fold this buggy up and... Uh... I used a, a buggy on public transport in London once, and that was quite enough for me. I can't... It's, it's really hard. Oh, I had loads You're months. always in someone's way. I had two mums push in front of me. Waiting for ages for a bus. Waiting for ages yeah. for a bus with with a buggy. And then these two mums kind of got chatting. And then they got on first. The bus came. The bus pulled up sort of nearer them. They got on first. They took up both the spaces. I went to get on. The driver said, oh, it's full. I said, I was there before them. And the woman said, oh, you can get the next one. You cheeky... Uh, it's a nightmare. Do I... I have to ask the question, don't I? Which is best. Who's more important, wheelchairs or buggies? That's the question, isn't it? Really? Who's uh, who's more important, wheelchairs or buggies? The argument is one of them can get out and fold up the uh, device they're travelling in. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is the argument. The other one can't. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Just don't mention this woman's name. We don't want the curse to strike. Okay. The wind is in from Africa. Last night I couldn't sleep. Oh, you know it sure is hard. Carry, but it's really not my home My fingernails are filthy I've got beach tar on my feet And I miss my clean white linen And my fancy French cologne Oh, Carrie, get out your cage And rent me a grand piano 
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the M1, it's still looking quiet until you get to Junction 17 for Dunchurch and then they're accused southbound because of a, a problem, uh, an accident involving a car and a lorry. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, that's looking busy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and it's also looking slow in Watford on the A41 Northwestern Avenue at the Dome roundabout. In Gerrard's Cross on the A40 Oxford Road, there's roadworks at West Common which could cause some delays and on the train departure boards, the 629 train from Watford Junction to London Euston is delayed by 15 minutes. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Bruff. Yeah? You think you're tough enough, Bruff? You tough, Bruff? I'm tough. You tough, Bruff? And rough. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You fancy a bit of Quasar? Yes. Can oh, I come? Of course you can come. Please? It could yeah. be girls versus boys. We will destroy you. No, you won't. We'll be the fembots. Uh, we may, if, <laughs> by the way, if we get stranded, Catherine, in a, in a corner, we, I, I may have to, we may have to make babies to, what? Keep, the, to keep the human race going. Makes sense. I don't know if that's in the rules. No, I haven't seen that. The thing is, uh, Sammy, in Quasar, there are Mm. no rules. No, there are. There are. No shoving. Oh, yeah. You still tough enough, bruff enough? Still tough enough. Lovely. See you there. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire early this month. Detectives are investigating the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April in the village of Malden near Amptill. A father has criticised the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Renhold Lower School near Bedford. And another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. A Bedford a firefighter who's stranded in Nepal has contacted his family to say he and his wife are safe. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool. It leaves Liverpool almost certain to miss out on Champions League qualification. Here's Hull boss Steve Bruce. It's a great victory. Let's, let's make no bones about that. But we've still got a bit to do. I don't think 34 is enough. 
So yes, we're delighted. We knew we had to beat one of the big boys. We've given ourselves an outstanding chance and that's all it is. Tonight, Leicester, who are a point above the drop zone, host champions-elect Chelsea. MK Dons midfielder Carl Baker is the club's player of the year. Baker received the award last night with Deli Alley voted player's player of the year. And Millwall and Wigan have been relegated from the championship after victory for Rotherham last night. In non-league football, Bedfordshire side Barton Rovers are through to the Southern League Division 1 Central playoff final after winning 5-4 on penalties at Royston. It finished 0-0 after extra time. Barton will travel to Bedworth in Monday's final after they won 2-1 at Aylesbury. Tonight, Boreham Wood travel to Haventon Waterlooville in the first leg of their Conference South playoff final. Manager Ian Allenson says they're feeling confident. It becomes a bit of a lottery now, but we know what we've got to do. The strange thing is we've played with Haven and Waterloo Field twice this year already and we've lost both occasions 2-1. So hopefully um, we can turn that sort of form around, and, but we're going to it full of confidence. We've had a good run in over the past six to eight weeks and uh, it's just a shame we couldn't have gone on uh, and won the title at one stage, which we felt we could go and do. And Ronnie O'Sullivan trails Stuart Bingham 5-3 in their World Snooker quarterfinal. Elsewhere, Judd Trump leads China's Ding Zhongwei by 12 frames to four. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll, we'll have a look at the papers, um, but <clears throat> there's nothing in the papers. Not really. There really is very, very little in the papers. If you want to give us a call and um, chew my fat, um, 08459 455 555. What fat are you chewing? When you chew the fat, what fat are you chewing? I'm tempted to open Kelly's microphone, but I'm worried. Well, let's try. Do you know what? Caution, wind, there, have it. What fat are they chewing? Don't, because she's no, I'm doing turning, the face. I'm turning, I'm turning it off. She's doing the face. Yeah, the, yeah I thank you. I think it just thank means, you. you know, that your jaw is working overtime on something. Um, no, 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 but it's got to is come... a very little substance. Well, it's got to come from something. You're chewing the fat. So what fat are you chewing? No, Kelly's doing the smile. She's got a little grin. You know she's about to say something very naughty because just her eye just twinkles yeah. and the little corners of her mouth. Do you know what up. that is? That's the swear word filter, and she's yep. she's running through them. And her she filter can't don't work very get, well. No, she can't find an alternative. Look at the face. We'll try again, Kelly. What fat are they chewing? <laughs> there we go. The giggles <laughs> out. I can't. We can't. We can't. What have you found in the newspapers? Well, Noel Gallagher. Oh yeah. Millionaire, multi-millionaire, oh, Noel yeah. Gallagher. Oh yeah. He likes nicking stuff from hotels. Oh, no, this is, yes, yeah, 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 go on, I like this. But, you know, and I'm allowed to say this because I am one. Yeah. Man, well, man, Mancunian. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't nick things. Let's have the story. What's, 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 what's the story? Noel Gallagher swaps lump. Morning Glory. There we go. Could play, it's there, I can see it. I just can't, Do be, it bothered. Then. I can't be bothered to reach there. Oh. Noel Gallagher swaps lumpy hotel pillows on tour for luxury ones he nicks from Italy. Good. The weary Oasis legend. Who says he's weary? It's not after he's had a lovely night's sleep on an Italian pillow. His face says it. He says it's the only way he gets a decent night's kip. He has a personal stash pilfered from hotels in Italy, which he takes around the world with him. The rocker said yesterday, you cannot go on tour without good pillows. I've stolen more pillows from Italy than anywhere else. He hailed them as the best in the world as he prepared to pack them for US gigs next month. And what they've done, they've done the fun thing where they've got five Oasis songs involving heads (laughs) and pillows. It's always my favourite thing. And the, the, the last few have been very lazy. Four of these are excellent. One of them, I went, what? Yeah. Let's, let's have them from top to bottom, please. What's the snorey? What's the snorey? <laughs> Could have just stuck, stuck with Morning Glory, yeah. because that's... 
cheese electric blanket. I like that one no, a lot. No, putting the blanket on the end is rubbish. No, it's a good one because I like I like that song and I like electric blankets. Bed roll with it. That, one for a... the Squaddies and the Duke of Edinburgh Award uh, yep. participant. Yep. Slumber wall. I like that. Yeah. That, but then we get to the one where it, I just don't get it. Oh. Counterpane supernova. That's the one for the posh people. What does that even mean? Because it's champagne supernova. But what's a counterpane? Counterpane is like the thing you put over the top of your sheets. If you don't. Here's a thing. What's a tog? What's a tog? It's a measurement. Yeah, but what, 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 what is it? We know that shoe sizes are to do with... Um, aren't they to do with, with uh, bobbins of cotton? No. Yeah, uh, no, acorns, aren't they? Acorns. No. Shoe, something like that. No, uh, Sheaths of wheat. wheat. So shoe sizes come from sheaths of wheat. No, okay. not sheaths. The, the, the kernel on the, the end. The kernel. Uh, horse measure. You measure a horse in hands. Um, other measurements. Uh, I can feet. Yeah, uh, but a tog. Where does a tog come from? What the word? No. What is it? But yeah. What's the the origin of tog? Don't know. Okay. Got an Oasis one. Oh. Stop lying your heart out. Um. The song is stop crying your heart out. Yeah. He's lying down on a pillow. Oh. Sometimes I regret opening like, Kelly's microphone, and that was one of those um, moments. You were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar When I met you I picked you out, I shook you up and turned you around Turned you into someone new Now five years later on, you've got the world at your feet Success is
Three Counties Radio. So, um, there was the rude word on Countdown the other day, Gobs. Well, they've come up with all of the rude words from Countdown of all time. Some of these I can't say. My word, it's vowels and consonants. That's quite clever, actually. Uh, yeah. Mylene Class yesterday uh, caused a stir on Countdown on Monday by spelling G-O-B-S-H... Mm-mm-mm-mm. But host Rachel Riley and predecessor Carol Vorderman have seen it all before on the Channel 4 show. show. Here, Ruth Harrison looks at other X-rated offerings, some of them I can't read. I tell you what, I'm going to read the... I'm going to read... Um, Oh, can you get Daily for me? Because there we go. This, there's no What's the Story Morning Glory. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read... The, <laughs> this is this will work. I'm going to read the caption underneath the picture. Right. You've got to try and guess what the offensive word is. Without saying it. No, you could... Uh, the, the, what these ones are, are, uh, we can say on the radio. Oh, really? Uh, there's a couple that we can't say. I don't think we can say fannies. Well, it's just a woman's name. Yeah, no, oh, exactly. It's um, there's no more fanning. Exactly, in the enchanted wood. That's um, okay. Uh, not so enchanted anymore, is it? Would I? And he's called Rick. Rick Waller. Do you remember Rick Waller? I met him. What an arrogant man he was. Yeah, he was a bit odd, though, wasn't he? He was an arrogant man. Do you think he was overcompensating? For what? You know, he's. Is what his brilliant voice? Hmm. We didn't need to have... He should have undercompensated if you're talking about his, his size. Arrogant man. Go on. Right. Morning, Just. Oh, morning, Justin. You're there. Yeah. No, uh, he's not there. Which one? Justin. 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 All I want to say to Justin is... Good morning, sir. That's all. That's it. You there, Just? You getting him up? Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to switch on. It sounds like he has, but he's not speaking. Justin? Oh, you're there, he's Just. Up. Good morning. Where are you? He's, I've got, Justin, I'm on the street. Oh, there we go. There Good morning, Sorry, we're having a little bit of confusion with my faders. I do apologise. <laughs> so, okay? these are the rude words that have been on <laughs> Countdown, OK? Yep. Now, I'm going to make sure we do ones that we can say. I'm going to read the, the, um, the caption underneath the picture and you've got to try and guess what they are, OK, guys? <laughs> this could go horribly wrong. Bust in show. Letters stack up nicely. Bust in show. Letters stack up nicely. It's a nine-letter word. Busting show. <laughs> this is good. Letters stack up nicely. A nine-letter word. Boobies. Uh, Sorry? Boobies, but they spelled it with three O's. Boobies. No. You're in the right area. Oh. <laughs> Razier. No. Justin, any ideas? Um, we need the countdown clock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can say what I'm thinking. No, you probably can't. No. But yet that doesn't normally oh, stop you. Hang on. Is it fun bags? No, it's large baps. <laughs> large baps. And by the way, there is a, a local takeaway shop which is called Large Baps. Well, well, local. I thought they were local. called Nice Baps. I think there's one called Large Baps as well. Oh, the bigger store, the mm. sister store. Win, <laughs> win ugly. Rachel's seven-letter shocker. Win, win ugly. Rachel's seven-letter shocker. You got, you got it, Kels. Butters. No. What? Hmm? That means good-looking, mate. You oh, told yeah, me. Of course, of course. <laughs> But she's in the right ballpark. Win ugly. Yeah. I don't get the win. It's ugly. Nunter. Close. Minga. There, Mingers. Yeah. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, mother. <laughs> oh, mother. I don't know if we can say this one. No. Does it be with S? It's four letters. Oh, <laughs> oh mother. 
What? No, we definitely wouldn't be able to say that, Kelly. So <laughs> don't mouth it. <laughs> oh, mother. Um, Four letters. See, I wouldn't have thought this was a word. What does it begin with? M. Oh! I would have thought this was an acronym. What, like MARD or something? Huh? MARD. Not MARD. Anyone? Mayo. No. MILF. <laughs> we'll do one more, then we'll have a break, then we'll come back, all right? Wish for God. I can't do that one. All right. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Show reaches a thrilling cr- climax. That's four letters, uh, eight letters. Oh, yes. Show reaches a thrilling climax. Org- orgasmic. It's orgasm. <laughs> Justin, stay there, we got more. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's busy from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And a bit further afield, anti-clockwise on the M25, there's been a van fire at Junction 11 for Chertsey, which is causing delays with the entry slip road there blocked at the roundabouts. In Borehamwood, on the A1 southbound, there are queues between the Holiday Inn and the Stirling Corner southbound. And in Mill Hill, on the A1 Watford Way, it's looking very slow from the apex corner uh, southbound towards the Broadway at Mill Hill Circus. In Buckingham, looking at the cameras on London Road, there's a Roadworks at the total roundabout, but it's not looking too busy so far. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. I've just had to run one past um, Catherine. And <laughs> we, we, I think I think, it's a no. And we think it's a no on that. All it could be, it's just, uh, um, um, you know, uh, a scratchy house. No, stop that's, it. You know, it's... 6.46, it's Thursday the 29th of April. I'm Wednesday... I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. A father has criticised the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford. And another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. Uh, We'll have more of these words from Countdown. Uh, Let's get the weather first, though, with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a milder start to the day. There's more cloud around. We have got a bit of rain on the way, though, I'm afraid. We have got quite a heavy band of rain making its way from west to east. Some welcome rain for many, as we do need it. And it is making its way fairly swiftly uh, beyond us. Post-midday, it should dry out. We'll get some brighter and drier weather this afternoon with some sunny spells. Still one or two sharper showers to follow, but drying out eventually this evening. The maximum temperature getting up to 13 Celsius. Overnight tonight, predominantly dry. Odd showers, possible, uh, just floating through, but some clear spells will mean the temperature drops again. Another chilly night. Minimum in towns and cities around four or five, but in the countryside, it could drop down a little bit further, which could mean a little bit of frost by dawn tomorrow morning. A brighter day for Thursday, more sunshine, but some heavy, slow-moving showers. Uh, we could see a rumble or two of thunder in there, maybe some hail as well, but the maximum temperature getting up to 13 Celsius. That's 55 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. It all started right here. Right here. It's a great goal from Luton Town. It's McFadden on his debut as well. We've been with them all the way. And now it all comes down to this. On Saturday, Watford will be crowned champions if they beat Sheffield Wednesday in the early kickoff. 
then at three, local rivalry means more than ever as Luton and Stevenage face each other. How good four for the season. Plus, Wickham travelled to Northampton, still searching for automatic promotion. Paul Hayes has given Wickham the lead here. Everything will be decided in Three Counties Sport, Saturday from midday, here on BBC Three Counties. No, I just want something short... Short and Rocky. Rocky. Oh, did you think that was a clue? Yeah. No, I said short, rocky and good. She goes, what what song is that? I thought, like, short, rocky was the band. That's a good name for a band, guys. She's giving that away, and she knows her shiz. Justin. The Kinks all day, short, rocky, under two minutes. Wally played the Kinks about an hour ago. All right, mate, calm down. <laughs> Guys! Stay in. Uh, there's, not, there, um, there's not have any Wally beef. There's only two more of these I can do, Justin. OK, come on, hit me. There's only two more of these I can do. S- uh, eight letters. Right. Hard to beat. Oh, gosh. Was the player proud? Hard to beat? Was the player proud? I'm going to stay out of this one. Fuck you, Joe Kelly. It's eight letters. Hard to beat. Was the player proud? Oh, gosh. Huh? I, I don't think I can say. It's a, it's a building. Uh, an erection. An erection. It's a building. What's your beef? <laughs> Justin's not amused. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin. Let's cross the line, mate. <laughs> Well, it certainly has. I never thought you'd hear you say that to me. Wow. Go on, quick, do another one. All right, last one. Seven letters. Pack it in. Word is a bit below the belt. Oh, again. You can do this one. Pack it in, just. That word's a bit below the belt. Seven letters. Seven letters, okay. Begins with T. Oh, Oh, no. We can't. Can we say that one? We can say that word. Can I say it? You can say that. I don't want to say it. You'll clip it. Todge. <laughs> Todgers, yeah, you can say that word. Catherine, you say that word for me, nice and clear. Go. No. Go on, say it. Just say it. Get your scissors, mate. I'm not saying it, no. Just, just, just for the, the boys and girls at home, missed it. Todgers. Thank you, mate. Justin, yes. I don't know if you heard earlier, Justin's telling me I've crossed the line. Blimey, I really do need to have a rethink if that's the case. I enjoyed it. I mean, it crossed the line, but I enjoyed it very much. Did you hear the story earlier on, Justin, about the uh, the uh, lady in a wheelchair that was told you can't get on the bus, uh, there's a buggy there? Yes. It's a very simple and direct question, and I think the question is OK, mm-hmm. because that's the decision that's made. What's more important, wheelchairs or buggies? Yeah. Could you take this to the street for Of course, us? OK, no I problem. Think, I think that's a good one. I think you'll, you'll, you'll deliver some gold on that. Thank you very much. Justin, speak to you later on. Take care. Ta-ta. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music Any old way you choose it It's got a backbeat, you can't lose it Any old time you use it Gotta be rock roll music If you wanna dance with me Touches If you wanna dance with me I got no kick against modern jazz Unless you try to play it too down fast
Cause they had a jubilee Them Georgia folks, they had a jamboree They're drinking homebrew from a wooden cup The folks are dancing, they got all shook up I started playing that rock and roll music Any old time you use it It's got a backbeat, you can't lose it Any old time you use it Gotta be rock and roll music If you wanna dance with me If you wanna dance with me Don't get to hear them play it That was the recording of uh, Kath's last thought before she um, unfortunately passed away. <gasps> what? And I think we can go live now. Sad news, uh, Catherine has passed away, but we can go live now to uh, the recording of her last ever thought using new brain technology. A microphone was inserted in her ear, and as she passed away to uh, the ethereal light, this was the last thing she was thinking of. Todgers. Hey, listen, we should have done this as the question for the first hour and just... Uh, 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 he's going to work hard Squeeze it in quick, you've got five minutes. Well, we can, we'll, we'll do this for the rest of the show, actually. But um, there's, you know, obviously Baltimore, it's all kicked off in Baltimore. Race rioters ravaged the US city of Baltimore after the funeral of a black man who died in police. This is the fellow who had his um, spine snapped, wasn't it? Uh, so riots are kicked off, but, but, but... Mm. There's one funny thing that's come out of it. It was a horrific thing, you know, to tell what's going on. There's a young lad, got a balaclava on, a rucksack, and he's been causing trouble. You don't wear a balaclava during a riot unless you're causing trouble. And there's a brilliant picture of his mama holding his ear through the balaclava with the left hand, with the right hand giving a whack around the face and then grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and leading him home. Mum fights back. This, oh, this is brilliant. This Baltimore mum has been hailed a heroine online after she was filmed smacking and scolding her son for rioting. She tracked him down in the street after spotting him on TV throwing rocks at cops. <gasps> How could... The pictures are brilliant. The question is, of course, when was the last time your mum told you off as an adult? My, my uh, well, last time, uh, the, the last bank holiday, my mum told me off. The shame. For some mister, I got the, I brought the wrong sandwiches. To, you I, idiot! Yeah, I know. I got told off. Got told off for it. Mum, I was with my kid. Mum, I'm with the kids. Don't tell me you got the wrong. You don't like that. Kids, mom. the kids love it when you get told the off. The kids your mom. do love it. Uh, when was the last? You, you must get told off by your mum a lot. Frequently. You, yeah, yeah. I bet. I'm a very, very naughty girl. Kel's been told off by your mum recently. No. Okay. The other way around. Yeah, good. As it should. She's naughty. Hang on, it's... give her some of that. No. I do. Respect your mum. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The last time you were told off by your mum as an We've adult. Got... We haven't named the last that. Hey. Before. Well, remember that girl. Can we call it Todgers? <laughs> <laughs> no. Why? Oh, in memory, in memory of Kath. I miss that girl. I miss that. Todgers. Oh. She goes off to there she goes. She goes. Bye, Kath. Bye, Kath. Bye. Bye, Kath. Bye, Kath. Bye, Kath. Bye, Kath. Bye. Bye, Kath. Touches. I miss her. I miss her a lot.
God, Karen. there's me thinking you would clip that and abuse it. Yeah. And, and, and exactly you, what we're going to do. You do that. So, we're down to... Our hour. Yeah. Ragging around. Ragging around. D ragging around. The power hour. Yeah. The yardy hour. Yappy! Or the rabbit hole. I like ragging around. We know you do. Ragging around. But we're talking about names for the, names for the show. <laughs> oh. I, um, it, it pains me to say it, because the yappy hour is mine and I think it's brilliant. Uh, I do like the rabbit hole. Boyley, the casting vote goes to you. Yeah, well, it's my idea, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look at you. you could, you're supposed to cast a vote for my one. Oh, I like the yardy hour, but I don't think we should be encouraging this. It's guys. not the yardy hour. Okay, so what are we calling it? Rabbit hole. Okay, we've got a name. Well, we can't, well, well, you just say, what well, now, now it's the rabbit hole. You need, it needs work. Welcome to the rabbit hole. Uh, what happens down here stays down here. Okay, can we get Mike to make up some jingles for us? Yeah, that's his job, isn't it? Yeah, I know, no, I know, but what I'm saying is, can we ask Mike to make up some jingles for us? Yeah. The rabbit hour. No, the, the rabbit, rabbit hour. The rabbit hole. <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. Mm. You can withdraw your labour if you'd like. Well, I say that. I mean, that would imply that you've, you've, uh, you've offered some labour. Offer some labour, then withdraw it. The ones that I liked. Yeah. yeah. Ragging We're, around. Yeah, we know. You just told us. Uh, I liked the happy hour. That was my idea. Yeah. And I liked our uh, hour. That was your idea. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And the one you didn't like? The rabbit hole. Ah. Awkwardo! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 15 for the M4. And further afield, it's also slow anti-clockwise around Junction 11 for Chertsey after a fire earlier. In Neeston, on the North Circular Road, there are queues from the M1 at the Staples Corner flyover towards Wembley. And in Borehamwood, on the A1 southbound, there are queues building up from the Holiday Inn southbound towards the Stirling Corner. In Bedford, looking at the speed sensors on the A6 Paula Radcliffe Way, and that's uh, looking fine at the moment, but there are roadworks at the cutthroat lane, so that could could cause some delays along the Bedford Western Bypass. On the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. So, the, the two questions we carry over. When was the last time your mum told you off? And who's more important? Wheelchair or buggy? 08459 555555. We'll get your calls after the latest news with Simon Oxley. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines. Woman arrested on suspicion of murdering Bedfordshire toddler. Father criticises sex education at Bedford Primary School. And disabled Hertfordshire peer told she can't get on London bus. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. Detectives are investigating the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April in the village of Malden near Amptill. Beds police say the post 
post-mortem, which took place on Wednesday the 15th, was inconclusive and investigations are ongoing. Her father has criticised the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Renhold Lower School near Bedford. In a letter to parents, the head says they strictly comply with the national curriculum, but Mr Keeley says their approach is inappropriate. I don't think they need to know the full ins and outs. I'd, I'd just go back to me when I was a child um, and it was initially done with, with animals, animals mated. Another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. Rescuers have been working through the night hoping to find more survivors. A Bedfordshire firefighter who is stranded in Nepal has contacted his family to say he's safe, but Clive Wilkinson, a crew commander at Kempston Fire Station, and his wife Heather, who were trekking near Kathmandu, are waiting to be rescued. His sister Karen says they're hoping to be airlifted out. They're actually stranded up a very remote part of the Langtang Valley at the moment, and there are a number of, obviously, the priorities to get the injured and the and the wounded uh, to places of safety and, and hopefully um, you know Clive Clive a helicopter will arrive when at some point but they're not you know they're, they're waiting to hear when that might be. David Cameron is expected to promise that a new Conservative government will bring in a law that guarantees there will be no increases in income tax, VAT or national insurance. With just over a week till the general election, the Labour leader Ed Miliband will say the Conservatives' economic plans would mean cuts to tax credits. The president of the Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, says she was told she couldn't get on a bus in London yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Sal Brinton, who uses a wheelchair, was asked to wait for the next bus. More from Paul Scott. The Baroness tweeted that it was absolutely outrageous that she wasn't allowed on the bus because a parent refused to move their buggy. She's making a formal complaint to Transport for London. TfL guidelines state that wheelchair users get priority over passengers with buggies who have to move to make way for them. A Hertfordshire homeless charity is asking people in Watford to provide homes for teenagers who have nowhere else to go. Hart's Young Homeless wants to hear from hosts who can provide accommodation for up to three weeks. In sport, Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool. And Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Carl Baker is the club's player of the year. The weather, rain moving east this morning, heavy at times, but drier and brighter this afternoon with some sunny spells. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. I'm bunged up, but I'm carrying on, guys. I'm going to be sniffing a lot. I apologise in advance for that. Busy show. So, sex education. Um, um, what would you want your eight-year-old seeing? One dad's upset at what could be taught to his daughter find out more in a bit. Who's more important, a wheelchair user or a buggy user? Very simple question. And when was the last time your mum told you off? 08459 455 555 and you can text as well of course, there's a clue. 81333, start your text, 3CR... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh-oh, uh-oh, the backlash has started. The backlash has started. We've, we've, we've come up with a name for the first hour. If you, It's called the, the rabbit hole. Jill's furious. So you ask for the listeners to come up with a name and then went with you and your team's suggestions. It's electoral fraud! Well, yeah, let's be honest, Jill. The, the listeners' names are rubbish. 
primarily, weren't they? Weren't they really? I mean, yes. Um, yeah, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, a father is unhappy with the way children are being taught about sex at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Reynold Lower School near Bedford, but he says their approach is inappropriate. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. What is appropriate for an eight-year-old? Uh, to uh, to learn. In a moment, we'll speak to the school's chair of governors, Jeremy Evans, uh, but uh, Nick is on the line first. Morning, Nick. Good morning, Ian. So what, what's the problem? The problem, um, well, I, it's purely for me down to the fact that they're going to be explaining the penetrative element of sex to my children, and they're in lower school. Oh, sorry, they're in primary school, and I just think that's something that they should be made aware of the nature of reproduction, as in the natural world and the whole penetrative side of things should be something that um is introduced in middle school what and by the way uh, dear listener if you weren't aware and maybe i should have flagged this up we're actually gonna have quite a frank conversation so you know uh, if you have got young kids you don't want to hear them uh, probably best to put your fingers in there is uh, what age nick and uh, listen because uh, I, I don't know where i sit on this because i've got two boys that are five and three and this is something that is, is going to come up you know, uh, uh, as time progresses. So I don't know where I sit on this. At what age do you think learning about uh, the penetrative side of sex, d- what age would be appropriate for that? I think, I think that's appropriate just before they step up to the secondary school level. So what, sort of 10, 11? Yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's an ideal age. I think they get introduced to the concept of sex. They get introduced, uh, you know, at the age they're at now, that's right. The school's got it right in that they're going to be teaching about changes about the body... Um, as, as I mentioned, the, the clip used to me, the uh-oh feelings, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I just don't think they should be learning the full mechanism of intercourse. And I take on board what Catherine said earlier about, is it different because it's a girl? This was something me and my wife spoke about yesterday uh, evening. And I don't, you know, I don't feel it is. If you, I know you mentioned uh, the countdown word earlier with the building. Yeah. Um, if I've got two boys as well. I think I'd be the same. I don't want... You've got boys, I've got boys. You know what they're like. The morning, especially, they just get out of bed, they want to go for a wee. It's not always immediately possible because... Yes, yep, yep, that yep, building. yes. And I don't think I want my... I wouldn't want my boys knowing why that happens. Well, now, isn't that interesting? Because I've, I've, I've told my five-year-old year old why that happens... Well, I've, I've not. I've not. I've not used the e word. Yeah. Look at us. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but I've. I've. I've kind of told them why it happens. Because. Because the. You know. The boys in the bath. He said, "Look. Look at this, Daddy." I said, and, "And it feels nice." And I said, "Well, yeah. There's a reason for that. What's happening is." And I've kind of, I've actually given him quite a, a, a full-on, you know, it, it's blood rushing about your body, and yeah. you know, sometimes it, it goes there, and it, it can feel quite nice, and you know. Exactly. No, and that's that's fine. But does he then realise that? when he's older, what they want to do with that. Yeah, and that's, that's the element. It's the penetrative yeah. element. And I know, I know it's a word, and I know... Um, we spoke with the school about it again yeah. yesterday at the parents' evening, and they've, they said they've asked some of the other parents. And I know it's just a word, and it's purely a word, but there's a difference, and, and just compare, there's a difference to me between calling something a meat processing factory and a slaughterhouse. And I think if you, if you use the word penetrative instead of intercourse yes 
it's a very, very different thing. I don't know... But by, 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 Nick, Freud would have a, a field day with your uh, your comparisons <laughs> there! Well, no, I'm not... That's, no, I'm not... So are they using the word... Have... Are they using the word penetration? They're not. And that's the other side of the coin, is am I too hung up on the word penetration? Which is, which is why I want to get the... I want to get the feelers. I want to I get an idea. Am I being unreasonable here? And the thing is, I hope you know that I, I, you know I'm trying to approach this from as neutral a point as possible because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you're, 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 you've spoken to the school about this, haven't you? you know, w- w- yeah. Did your wife your wife met the, someone at the school? Yeah, my wife. Um, it would have been last week when the letter first came out. My wife said, "Well, it, it's quite ambiguous. It doesn't explain exactly what." And I'd just like to make sure that, that what they're teaching is age appropriate. So she asked at the school. Um, they brought out a number of diagrams. My, my wife's from. Um, my wife's from Holland, and she said straight uh, to, to, to two of the staff members there, is, um, do you think this could be a cultural thing? Am I overreacting? Um, could this be the fat guy from Holland? Yeah. You know? And um, one of the members of staff basically nodded and said, yes, it could be. So, to which my, my, my wife responded with, so, I mean, am, am I, is, is this strange? Am I being unreasonable? Um, and the response was, as you mentioned, was along the lines of, well, no one else has complained, so, so, so maybe you are. And I just think that's. Hang on, you know, you've got in the letter. If you've got any questions or concerns, yeah. yeah. Well, if she raised uh, and again, in, you know, if she raised the point, could it be a culture? I mean, it could be a cultural thing. We we don't know. I don't know. I'm sure the teachers don't know what happens in Dutch schools. Yeah. So it, it potentially could be. Um, I find. Uh, by the way, if you want to call in, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I mean, it, my, my wife works at Bedford Hospital. She yeah. asked uh, pretty much all of the staff that she works with there. So these are a varying range of um, um, uh, employees, ages, races, you know, yeah. everything. I've done the same at my work, everything from um, technicians to cleaners to sales managers. I, I've asked, and not one person agrees that an eight-year-old child should have diagrams of erections put in front of them and told that that penis will slide into the vagina. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if, it, you know, and I, 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 it just, mm. it just doesn't sit right. That, to me, is an uh-oh feeling. Why should, a, why should a, an eight-year-old child know that, regardless of whether it's a boy or whether it's a girl? And it just... Do you know, normally, Nick, when I approach a story, I know, I know exactly what I'm thinking. I know exactly where, where you know, what side I'm sitting on and, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't with this. I'm, I'm sat here and I don't. Well, that's it. I mean, it was explained yesterday. It was explained yesterday that half the children in her class they know what sex is already, apparently. So I understand how difficult it is from a school perspective. Yeah. Um, that they need to they need to cater for not just my child. It's not my child's school. It's a school, and her class has got around twenty nine, uh, thirty pupils in. So there's another twenty nine pupils that, that they need to cater for, not just my child. Nick, listen, stay stay yeah. there. I want to come back to you in a second. I want to speak now to Jeremy Evans, who's the chair of governors at Reynolds School. Morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Ian. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, it, as I was saying to Nick, it's one of those things, normally I know exactly what my thoughts are, and I don't know. Y- you've heard Nick's concerns there. What, what's your response to those? Well, look, what I want to say, first of all, is that I don't want to talk on air about specific cases. Um, look, we've got a clear complaints policy. If Mr Keeley's got a problem that he feels he hasn't been dealt with in a particular okay. way, then there's, you know, he can contact me. Okay, well, an eight-year-old girl... He that quite easily on the website. Okay, well, an eight-year-old so... girl seeing a picture of an erect penis. Well... 
what happens uh, with the uh, sex education policy at Ronald Lower is that it's a policy that's been agreed by the governors and is reviewed by us regularly. The scheme of work for the children was drawn up several years ago in close consultation with the parents. And as far as we're aware, we haven't had any complaints or issues about it at all. Until um, now. And, and the, the thing is, the, the sex education is provided in a way that encourages pupils to think about relationships in a way that's meaningful to their age and, and, and development. You know, it includes bullying and friendship and keeping themselves safe. Yeah, but an, an eight-year-old girl seeing a picture of an erect penis, I don't know what my thoughts are on that, and I, I just wondered what yours were. I don't the specific details. No, no, here, well, but, but that, Jeremy, that's, 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 that's an integral part of this... Uh, that's an integral part of this story, though, isn't it? The, the, the complaint is, I'm Nick to one side, do you think it's appropriate for an eight-year-old girl to see a drawing of a, an erect penis? What happens, and I, I viewed the video last night, or one of the videos that the children see... And the, 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 the video provides information that's, that's easy to understand and it's relevant to the appropriate age and maturity of the children. So it's not simply about talking about mechanics, if you want to say it like that, but it's about feelings, about difficult situations, it's about changes yeah, in people's bodies. Okay. Um, you know, it, they talk about how we, get, how we change shape, how we like different foods, different sports. And, you know, teachers use the proper words for those sexual parts. They talk about eggs and where they'll be found in the woman's body. They'll talk about the seed and where that is in the man's body. And, you know, they'll use drawings to describe how the sexual changes... So you do think it's acceptable? I just, no, this... no, just, I, just want to, I just want to tell you how it's... Well, well Jeremy, you've explained, it, you've explained the, that it's an overall thing. It's not all about sex and the sex is a small part, but obviously yeah. it's an important part. I, I just want to... There's this thing, because I don't know what my thoughts are. I'm just hoping... Uh, you, you can help me clarify. You, you do think it's OK for an eight-year-old girl to see a drawing of an erect penis? I think that, well, I know what happens in the school is that the uh, sex education policy talks about all these other things and it's wrapped up in a, in a caring, calm I know, way. and you've no, explained that... Well, no, Jeremy, you've explained that point perfectly and you keep avoiding the one specific question. No, I'm trying to get to it, but you're not letting me get there. I, I've given you three minutes to get to it so far, right, Mr okay. Evans. Let's well, try look, again. And what happens is that the, the, the children will be shown these, these drawings, these line drawings, about sexual parts, the names are given, the proper names are given to the sexual parts. Now, I cannot tell you whether um, uh, an erect penis is uh, shown directly to uh, children, because what happens is, if difficult questions are asked, perhaps an individual child would, will, will ask a difficult question in the classroom, because they're, they're fascinated by this sort of thing. Yeah, they're kids, I know. Uh, yes, exactly. But the, the questions don't have to be answered in a direct way, and, and it'll be addressed Individually, Are you got, on, I'm really sorry, we're running within by the, by the teacher in the school. Mr. Evans, we're, we're running out of time. And skilled professionals doing this. Yeah, can I ask you for the? F I'm really sorry, Mr. Evans. Sorry to interrupt. Feel is right for those okay, children. can I ask you for the fourth time? Because you haven't gone to that go answer the no, question. I've, said, I've absolutely said. You haven't answered the question, Mr. Evans. Going to what happens in that classroom? Okay. okay. Do you think it's acceptable for an eight-year-old girl to see a drawing of an erect penis? That's the specific question for the fourth time. What, what, yes or no? Incorrect context with that caring, nurturing. Uh, so you do uh, think it's acceptable? Can you just let me finish this? Well, no, Mr. Evans, with a great respect, you've had four minutes and you've not answered the question. Well, I mean, it's not a trick question. Do you think it's acceptable well, or not? Don't the question. You're not, though, Mr. Evans. You're going around in circles. Context or not? It, well, no, I don't mean. Do you, is it okay for a fella to show it on a bus? Yes. In the no, context. In the correct context. In the context of a sex education lesson, you think it's acceptable for an eight-year-old girl to see a drawing of an erect penis? I think, in the correct context, if a question has been asked and that incredibly skilled professional teacher knows those children 
inside out and knows what they're able to deal with, when it's explained very carefully, then if that's what the discussion leads to, then that, that's what will be talked about. So you do think it's OK? Well, you've, you've just said my answer, yeah. Well, it, it took, it, context, with the greatest yeah. respect, it took five minutes to get there, Mr Evans. I because wonder why I it took... to give you the context of the, the education policy in the school, which is really, really important, because you can talk about this and highlight it um, and, and take it out of context, but the context is a really important thing I don't. Well, I don't think we have taken it out of context, Mr Evans. Is that's no, what, I'm not saying you have. Well, the, that's, that was the implication you just made there, by, by saying you can take it out of context. Um, what options does a parent have uh, that, that doesn't want their child to see these things? Well, parents have got the right to withdraw their children from uh, the part of sex education that is outside the compulsory elements in the, uh, in the national... Because some eight-year-olds are younger than other eight-year-olds, aren't they? And, but the question was about what, do, what right the parents have. Yeah, so and then the, then the follow-up question was, some, que- some eight-year-olds are younger than other eight-year-olds, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the, the gentleman who's phoned in has got the right to ask for his children to be taken out. OK, and he wouldn't be made to feel any less than or... or, or... Um, or anything intimidated or anything like that? No, not in the slightest, because no. the, the whole ethos is school about, it's about caring and nurturing for these children, yeah. nurturing these children. And it's really important to have a chance to, to understand the wider world. Yeah. Uh, OK, Mr Evans, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. I don't think he meant pleasure when he said pleasure. I don't think he meant pleasure. That was Jeremy Evans, uh, the Chair of Governors at Renhold uh, Lower School. Uh, well, Nick, you, 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 you've heard uh, uh, Mr Evans there. What would you like to say? Um, yeah, I, I don't think... It, I, it, we're arranging to have a, a consultation with, them, uh, with the school anyway. We're arranging to have a sit-down and a chat with this. Uh, to me, um, excluding my child from the school, I, I feel that's affecting their social development. But then you can't expect, and I'm sh- I-, I wish Mr Evans would listen to this, I'm sure he won't, uh, but you can't expect the whole school's uh, sex education policy to change if all of the other parents are happy with it and you're not, can you? No, that, and I've already said that, Ian. I've said there's another, there's 29 other pupils yeah. I don't want the school to cater for me, but it's a difficult position. If, for example, I arrange for my daughter to be excluded from, from that particular section of the lesson, the, sex, the, 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 the moment they're back out in the playground, she's going to find out about it anyway, so it's kind of a catch-22 for, for us with wouldn't, that. And wouldn't you but, rather she found out about it from, from a trained professional than another eight-year-old going, well, what happens is you do this and you do that and then a baby comes out, because, you, know, <laughs> we, 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 you know, Nick, listen, we, we've all heard stories in the yep. playground of what happens and boy, oh boy, weren't most of them made up. No, that's right, that's right, and, and I know children will be anxious, there'll be a high level of anxiety and nervousness, and, and you're right, it's better that they hear it from a trained professional, but surely later on in their education, not at the age of eight years old, before they're about to embark up to middle school, which is a, which is a turbulent enough time. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, with all that's going on in Britain at the moment, I'd rather they focus on elections rather than... Uh, uh, yeah, thank about. you very much indeed. OK, I think we, uh, we always nice to, uh, to, to end on a punchline. Um, OK, thank you very much, uh, Nick Keeley. Your thoughts on that, please, because I'm confused. One thing I'm not confused about is I don't think um, Mr Evans actually uh, got pleasure from that interview. Um, but I hope he stayed around to listen to the rest of it, because it, uh, uh, it wasn't an attack on the school. Au yeah. contraire, this is the conversation we had in the office yesterday. It's not an attack on the school. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Uh, and it is one of, it's those decisions that parents... Is eight, is eight years old too young to, to see something like that? I don't know. I'm thinking about my little girl. My eldest is seven. Yeah. I'd rather... T- I would tell her about it. I don't know whether I'd show her a picture. 
I kind of tell her as much as she wants to know or needs but, to at the time. But that's because you are a, a, a good mum. Mm. You know, I, I, with the greatest respect, a lot of parents aren't good parents in as much as they don't know. You know, they're as, they're as thick as anything. They, they give the wrong information. And at the same time, I agree with Jeremy Evans that, you know, in context, it's been it's a, it's a subject that's being built up yep. and they're looking at the whole relationship thing. You know, I, I do... My heart says I trust a teacher to be able to handle it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three County Radio, it's 7.20, close, but no cigar. It's uh, Wednesday the 29th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. A father has questioned the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford, and another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. When did your mum last tell you off? Uh, a tweet here from Seaway uh, Insurance. My mum told me off again last Friday for not phoning enough. She's 85. Good! Mums can always tell you off. Nobody can make you feel worse than your mum giving you a right royal rollicking. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, guys, um, if you're a fan of uh, David Beckham's hair, page 26 and 27 of The Sun, they think it's all comb over. It is now as David Beckham turns 40 this weekend. And so what they've done, 40 haircuts for 40 years, they've got pictures of 40 David Beckham haircuts. Um, and you go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, the cornrows. Oh, yeah, the Alice Band. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just a bloke's low hair. It's just a... How, I mean, you don't really get that many... Uh, how many hairstyles have I had in my life? I think three. I'm 40... I'm a year older than David Beckham, two years older than David Beckham. He's had 40 different hairstyles at least. I've had three. And they're all quite similar, you know. How do you do that, for goodness sakes? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, the president of the uh, Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, was told she couldn't get on a bus in London yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Sal Brinton, who uses a wheelchair, was made to wait for the next bus. Well, who's more important? Wheelchair users or buggy users? We'll speak to her later on, but before that, Andrew Clark is the chair of the Buckinghamshire Disability Service Buds. Uh, morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. Who's more important, wheelchair users or buggy users? Ah, well, difficult one, that. Isn't it? It, it isn't a matter of importance, it's a matter of, of reasonable safety. The, the wheelchair space on buses is provided so the wheelchairs can be safe while they're travelling. It's 
specifically designed um, for the needs of the wheelchair user. Um, it's also a convenient place to stack a buggy or for a buggy to stand when there isn't a wheelchair user. So actually, in the case of a bus space, it's designed for a wheelchair user to keep them safe. So there is no question that it should be that the wheelchair user has priority. If you've got all the shopping, though, Andrew, I don't many don't know how many kids this guy had. He may have had two kids, and it's a busy bus, and it's been a long day. It, uh, it, it's not it's, always it, easy to do, is it? Well, you, you know, disabled people have kids, they have shopping, they have all the things how that, that everyone they? else have. I know, it's disgraceful. Isn't it outrageous? It's, it's like being a normal person sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, life is hard. Get used to it as far as, as, far as um, that argument is concerned. Um, I, uh, I, I can't imagine, I haven't used a buggy for a few years now, um, but I can't imagine um, being that kind of person that would say, nah, sorry, love, nah, I've got, I got the kid, I'm not moving, I'm yep. not moving. You, I, I, you, one would think that most people, and we're putting this out there to see yeah. what people say, most people would make the effort. Most people do. Most people do. They, they might not like it very much, and you do get a lot of quiet grousing about the fact that disabled people have all these privileges. Um, that enable them to live a, a normal life. Um, but there are, I, I would say, in our experience, maybe a fifth of people will, will either refuse or complain or kick up a fuss if they're asked to do something like that. I, w- I wonder why nobody else on the bus said anything. Okay, we'll put well, all this uh, to the Baroness when she comes on, but why no well, one else absolutely. on the bus spoke well, up? Well, I, I mean, there are a lot of cases. You know, you, We get them every single day where this sort of thing happens on trains, um, you get it in, in blue badge uh, parking bays, you get it on buses. Um, you know, you have cases where, where buses drive, deliberately drive past wheelchair users at bus stops because they don't want to stop and have all the yeah, I've seen that. on. Um, you know, it, we, we live in a culture, unfortunately, where, you know, a minority of people, but nevertheless a significant minority, just really don't care. So what is, is there a law, Andrew, or is it down primarily to the bus companies? Well, do you know, this is a, a really good example of how supine the law is in the United Kingdom for disabled people. Um, it, it, what the, the law says is that bus operators have to make reasonable adjustments for the needs of disabled people. But there was a case quite recently in the Court of Appeal looking at an exactly similar case um, where the Court of Appeal said that as the law stands at the moment bus operators are not under a legal obligation right. to require people to get out of the reserved space. Um, and that, by analogy, applies to trains and indeed to everybody else. Um, now, that's being appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court may disagree with the Court of Appeal. But just the fact that in you know, 2015, we, you can have a case where a disabled person is, is deprived access to a bus which is a fairly basic right in today's society, just shows that the law supposedly guaranteeing equality really doesn't do what it should. But just to clarify, in, in, in a case like this, neither the, bu- where the, the buggy refuses to move, neither the bus company nor the, uh, the, the, the buggy owner, they've not broken the law. The, the, the bu- law may the be flawed, law, yeah. but they've not broken the no, law. absolutely not. According to the Court of Appeal, they haven't broken the law. And nor has the bus company, which is obviously the person responsible yeah. in all of this. Um, Andrew, I, I, I really appreciate your thoughts on this. Thanks very much. Not at all. Thank you very much. Andrew Clark, Chair of the Buckinghamshire Disability Service. Buds, question to you. And it sounds like a flippant one, um, uh, but it's not. It's, I think it's valid and it, it stands. Who's more important, a wheelchair user or a buggy user? 
And it is, listen, it's difficult. If you've got two kids and a buggy and one's being a little so-and-so and you've got a load of shopping and... Uh, you, you know, you, you, and the bus is full. That's what makes these things worse, isn't it? The bus is full. There's nowhere to move. Um, and uh, you got to get the, the kids out. It's a double buggy. You got to get the kids out, and then you've got to fold it all up, and, and you've got to put the shopping somewhere, and people are tutting. Would you? Would you do that for the wheelchair? Or would you say, look, could you not just wait until the next one? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound, it's slow from Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road to 9 for Redbourne. Also looking at the M25 anti-clockwise and it's busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, the M25 Junction 21A roundabout is busy. And on the speed sensors looking at Harpenden, it's busy on the high street in both directions from the train station. And especially coming into Harpenden, it's busy all the way from Tufnell's Way. On the A41 southbound, it's slow from Two Waters Road at Hamel Hempstead towards the M25. And on the train departure boards, the 7.40 service from Luton to Sevenoaks is delayed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. Detectives are investigating the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April in the village of Malden near Amptill. Another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. A Bedfordshire firefighter who is stranded there has contacted his family to say he and his wife are safe. And a father has questioned the way sex education is being taught to people at Renhold Lower School near Bedford. The Chair of Governors, Jeremy Evans, says their procedures are regularly reviewed. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool. It leaves Liverpool almost certain to miss out on Champions League qualification. His manager, Brendan Rodgers. We'll keep fighting right to the end. As I said, I've got a very honest bunch of players who are given their all, you know, they've good energy tonight, they worked hard, um, but uh, as I said, we just couldn't get a result and, and now we just got to finish off the season as strong as we can. Tonight, Leicester, who are a point above the drop zone, host champions-elect Chelsea. MK Dons midfielder Carl Baker is the club's Player of the Year. Baker received the award last night with Deli Alley voted Players' Player of the Year. And Millwall and Wigan have been relegated from the Championship after victory for Rotherham last night. Not that the Rotherham manager, Steve Evans, was gloating much. There was a Millwall player said we've got a bottle. Well, I've got 12 bottles of pink, fine and champagne and we'll be drinking them for about a week. All right, look forward to League One, son. Keep your trap shot. In non-league football, Bedfordshire side Barton Rovers are through to the Southern League Division 1 Central playoff final after winning 5-4 on penalties at Royston. It finished 0-0 after extra time. Barton will travel to Bedworth in Monday's final after they won 2-1 at Aylesbury. Tonight, Boreham Wood travel to Haventon Waterlooville in the first leg of their Conference South playoff final. Manager Ian Allinson says they're feeling confident. It becomes a bit of a lottery now, but we know what we've got to do. The strange thing is we've played with Haven and Waterloo Bill twice this year already and we've lost both occasions 2-1. So hopefully um, we can turn that sort of form around, and, but we're going to it full of confidence. We've had a good run in over the past six to eight weeks. 
and Ronnie O'Sullivan trails Stuart Bingham 5-3 in their World Snooker quarterfinal. Elsewhere, Judd Trump leads China's Ding Zhongwei by 12 frames to four. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Trump? We? What kind of names are these? <laughs> Made up by five-year-old Simon. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow, I wanna settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road, that never seems to end when you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my own So I tell you what, the streets this morning, I'm still recovering. A yep. tense place to be. What's going on, fella? I don't know. There must be something in the water. This uh, this question this morning, uh, what's more important? Yeah. Uh, talking about buses, uh, wheelchairs yep. or buggies. Wow. Some people do not like that question. Really? Yeah, they really don't. They it's, really don't. Um, it, I mean, it's a valid question. Mm. Catherine, have we got, any, we, got, uh, have we got Everard coming up in a second, talking about sexy... It's a whole... Everjoy. Oh, Everjoy, sorry. Oh, I see. Um, I read what's on the screen, guys. You know that. You can't write anything on the screen that I'm not meant to... to he is to... joy talking about sex. It's got a ring Stop to it. Stop it. Stop it. We're going to get to... She's a... there. Well, in fact, let's go to her now. Good morning, Everjoy. Oh, good morning what... to you. Good morning, Everjoy. What have you got? What have... I've never heard that name before. Well, um, it was meant to be Everlasting Joy, but my dad thought it was a too long name for me. Yes. So could I ask you... Everla- Everlasting... Both of them are wonderful. Could, I, could, I, could you turn your radio off, please, Everjoy? That's why. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Right, what, what, what would you like to say? Well, um, first of all, you were talking about the sex education in schools. Yes. Um, I don't think it's, a pro- it's age appropriate for, a, for an eight-year-old to be shown a graphic picture of a 
penetrated or erect penis. I don't I think the penis don't is don't penetrated. What age is appropriate to see a drawing of an erect penis? Well, I think that's a choice a child has to make at some point in their life. Well, they don't. Well, they have to make the choice. They have to make the choice. The child, not not, they... not not we as adults. Uh, I just I just think it's inappropriate to be teaching sex education. The more you teach Whatever. an eight-year-old. Uh, this is my argument. Yeah. An eight-year-old will be taught about sex education because my sister had to take her child off school for that. Yeah. That's the only subject she was good at, sex, sex. education. That's the only subject you're the ch- That's the only subject my sister's child was good at, and she, she had to mean, move What him. do you mean good at sex education? I'm he, he wasn't concentrating in school right. on anything but else. He was focusing on sex. Yes, came home one day and he's got um, a star award. So she asked him, what did you get the star award for? And he said, uh, I managed to draw um, a vagina and a penis. To me, that's inappropriate. She had to move that child from a school in England to school in Zimbabwe for about four years. They got a star for that? Yes. How old was he? He was about, Harry was about nine years at the time. And that's the only thing he was good at. Wow. Um, what, what happened to concentrating uh, on oh, mathematics or, yeah, yeah. or science? But you can't, you, know? blame, you can't blame the... Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Good morning. You can't... I'm glad I've got Delia and Kelly's faders down. You can't... And Kath, actually. You can't blame um, his uh, lack of attention at, at mathematics on being good at draw, drawing um, genitals. No, but to me, that's the only subject he said he was interested in, sex education. So everything else was out the window, except the sex education. But 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 going back to an earlier point, uh, Everjoy, and boy, I could talk to you till nine o'clock. Going back to an earlier point, you said it's up to the child to decide what age they want to see a drawing of an erect penis. Yes. But if the child doesn't know about an erect penis, how will they ever know that they should see a draw? Surely it's, it's our responsibility as adults, parents and teachers, I, to I give... I think it should be left to the parents to deal oh, with these issues. But ever, jo- ever joy. The more you introduce these things in schools, to be honest with you, you're going... You, you, I, I'll, I'll go back to, to an issue that people misjudged and didn't look at until something happened. Yeah. Look, look at Holly and Jessica. We lost the two girls to um, Ian Huntley, a murderer, I, 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 who yeah. was employed by the school. Okay. He was a pedophile before. Yeah. So what uh, you're uh, saying, Jesse, the no, message, the no, message Jesse, this is sending... Joy, I've, got, I've, got, I've got to interrupt simply and, and wave a yellow card because there will, might be people offended by what you said. The, the summer murders have got nothing to do with sex education at all. No, 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 no. But I'm saying it's an example... I'm giving that and children I don't quite know can why. be groomed. Yes, yes, children I know. Can be which is exactly inappropriate. Which is exactly, and you've just argued against yourself. And thank you. Which is exactly why we need sex education in the school. The reason you've just said is because children can be groomed and manipulated by adults, when of course they can, is the reason, one of the main reasons we need sex education in the school. So that children know what is and what isn't appropriate, they know what bits go where, and they know that they... One of the important things of sex education is that you learn that you have the right to say no. 
uh, anyway, as, as a child, decisions like that when you're manipulating, you're, you're told, you're when you're told, you, you can't. No, all I'm saying is, as a child, yes. if you're told by an adult that you cannot repeat these things, yes. you will not repeat that's, them. Well, that's exactly why we need sex education to empower children, to show them what their private bits are for, <laughs> and to show them that they are special and that they can, you know, you only use them when you are older, and that they are important, and you only use them with people that are. Uh, that, that love you, and that if someone touches you there, it's um, it's inappropriate, and you can say no, and you are allowed. Because when you're a kid, right, you do what yeah. adults say, okay, uh, and uh, you 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 never you're never you're told not to be rude to an adult, you're told not to run away from an adult, you're told to do what an adult says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am empowering my boys very kind of carefully because they're only young I'm empowering my boys that certain parts of their body are private okay and that they can only be touched in very special circumstances and that if they feel uncomfortable with those special parts of their body being touched they can say no and if they feel really uncomfortable they can run away that's what sex education is and why it's so important I, I don't know where, where where people draw the line with this, but I'm going to move on from there. Talk about wheelchairs. I, I still not. What about not, what about people in wheelchairs having sex? No, 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 no. It's not about sex now. Inappropriate. Uh, no, You're sex I'm mad, talking. you are, Everjoy. <laughs> You're sex mad. You can't stop thinking about it, you mucky pup. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to talk about the importance of having um, wheelchair users yes, go on, on the buses or on the trains. Yeah. I've had an experience before where drivers used to drive past a wheelchair user. I know of a particular uh, wheelchair user yes. who suffers a lot of um, this, this, you know, misfortune in, in central London. Yes. It's appalling that people have to go to that level in this day and age where things have been modernised. Yes. You find when you go into a London, um, transport for London bus, there is a, a bit that's written priority to, to wheelchair users. So I don't know where, what they term priority when Stop. a buggy cannot be folded and left and okay. put up somewhere to let a wheelchair user in. Sc- Scott has tweeted two questions. The first one I can't ask you. The second one I can. Mm. First come, first served. You, I, I, otherwise, the, he says, otherwise the buggy... <laughs> otherwise, otherwise the buggy would have to get off at every stop if somebody in a wheelchair was there. First no. come, first served. No, the buggy does not have to get out of the bus. The buggy can be folded. It's easy. A wheelchair user cannot come off their wheelchair. I think this is what people should understand. A wheelchair user is simply driving into the wheelchair space. You can fold your buggy and put it next to the wheelchair. Can you not just take your child out of the buggy and fold the buggy and let everyone else get in? Everjoy, it really is... uh, We've never spoken before, have we? No, we haven't. Oh, please call again. I will do. Can I ask one final question? Yes, please. Doorbells or knockers? Doorbells. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, a gold star for a, a drawing of a doodah. I... That is the best call <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what you, Mommy, I got a gold star. What did you get it for? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I have never, and the, the team here will back this up, Justin. 
I've never had a phone call that's shocked me so much. I've actually had to stand up and walk away from the microphone. I walked oh. away from the microphone. Oh, Everjoy, you have made my not 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 my year. You've made my life. Please I call again. My headphones and wheeled myself back against the door. None of us could be near microphones at that point. <laughs> None of us could be near microphones at that point. Golly gosh, Justin. <sighs> wow. Um, we can fit. Let's do this. Um, should we do this now or after, Catherine? Your producer's call. I think we need a rest. Let's, let's do, do it after. after. Well, let's do it after. Justin, we've got another uh, busy, busy morning for you this morning, mate. Mm, mm. Uh, when was the last time you were told off by your mum? Well, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum. Me no, seriously, me I, I promise you, I promise you every single day I get a phone call. Have you done this? Have we done yeah. your tax? Have you done that? Mum, leave it out. Come on, chill. Where has this story come from, Catherine? It's been such a weird morning. I can't remember why we're talking about this. Which story? I'm still thinking about Everjoy. <laughs> your your mum telling you off. Oh, the Baltimore rioter got rumbled by his oh. mum. She saw him on the telly. Marched down there to where it was taking place. <laughs> grabbed hold of him. He's wearing a balaclava. Looks like the tough guy. And there's a brilliant shot that's gone viral of her grabbing hold of his ear through the balaclava and giving him a wallop. It's, it's such a funny picture. I don't know, maybe, Justin, you can get some magic out of when the last time your mum uh, well, told you off. In terms of pictures, has uh, Everjoy still got that picture? I would Stop love to it. see that. Right. Justin, stay there. Come back to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's busy southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. It's also looking slow on the A1M southbound from St Albans towards the M25. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's heavy from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 15 for the M4. In Bedford on the High Street, that's looking a little busy now from Mill Street towards St Peter's Street. And on the A6 in Clockhill, that's uh, looking slow on all the approaches to the A507 at the roundabout. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, Sammy, thank you so much i mean really ever joy where have you been all my life i've been doing phoning radio for years ever joy how have you only just called me up <laughs> oh dear Doorbell. there we go yes right um and focus it's 7 45 it's wednesday the 29th of april i'm ian lee these are your headlines on bbc three counties radio a woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19 month old girl in bedfordshire earlier this month a father has questioned the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford. And another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. We'll speak to Delia in a bit. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a less chilly start to the day. We've got more cloud, so it's feeling a little milder. However, the fun stops there really as the rain is on its way. We've already seen one or two quite heavy, sharp showers working their way through parts of Buckinghamshire. In fact, everywhere may have just got a little one this morning, but that's preempting the main band of rain. Some heavier stuff on the way as we head through uh, the rest of the morning and into lunchtime. Now, after which it should start to clear. We'll get some brighter spells this afternoon, even some sunshine. One or two perhaps sharp showers to follow but we will get some drier weather. The maximum temperature by the end of the afternoon getting up to 13 Celsius. Overnight tonight, drying the most part, still one or two showers, but the clear spells mean the temperature is going to drop down again. Another chilly night, two or three Celsius in the countryside, so it's possible we could get a little bit of frost on the ground tomorrow morning. A brighter day for Thursday, some sunshine, one or two showers, they're quite heavy and slow moving, perhaps a rumble of thunder in those, and a maximum temperature of 13 Celsius. And that's your forecast. 
Every year, BBC Music supports thousands of new musicians. BBC is like the station, and that's what you kind of need to get your music on. From the Young Brass Award to BBC Introducing. It was an opportunity to get my songs on the radio. It is, Mr Jake Bond! They gave me that opportunity, and without that, you know, there wouldn't be much. And from BBC Sound Off to the Young Musician of the Year. Nicola Benedetti. There's no question about the help that BBC Young Musician of the Year gave me. I'm grateful for it every day. BBC Music gives new musical talent the platform they deserve. It's an amazing feeling to be to be recognised, you know. Find out more about all of our schemes at bbc.co.uk slash music. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Everjoy's uh, nephew was only good at sex education. He got a gold star for uh, an excellent drawing of a lady's parts and a man's parts. His mum, instead of now, instead of praising him and sticking it on the fridge, as most parents would do, she took him to Zimbabwe for four years. <laughs> I just want to know, Catherine, I've drawn two there. Would they get me a gold star? Uh, you're off to Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that there are two ways of reading that. Either yes. he was a mucky pup and quite rightly whipped out of school and sent off somewhere where they wouldn't teach him that kind of filth. Yeah. Or he was really good at art and his dream was <laughs> quashed. Just, I'll, I'll, um, I'll send you the pictures that I've drawn of the, please, t- the two. Um, Thank uh, you. See, uh, there's, there's a really famous um, painting of, of a lady's part that was deemed, it's right. called The Origin of Man, and it was, it was like yeah. deemed to be a turning point in French All artistic right, history. Now, Listen. if his mum had seen that, she might have sent him off to Zimbabwe no, and would never have had any more. Now you're making it all, you're mucky and not taking it. This is a what? serious discussion. <laughs> any texts on this, uh, boy, yeah, before just, we go to uh, um, in my, my man? You know when I pulled my headphones off and kicked back against the desk? Yes. I'll turn the texts off, so go to Justin. All right, then, Justin. Somebody has just asked me on the street, Everjoy, was she real? I can assure you she was very real. <laughs> man alive, we were all... Uh, we were all surprised by it. Listen, uh, there's a story that was on Twitter and we're going to speak to a baroness. I don't think I've ever spoken to a baroness before. Baroness Sal Brinton. Uh, she uses a wheelchair. Uh, she was in London. She's uh, from Watford. She was in London uh, and was told, you, yeah, you can't get on the bus. Uh, there's a buggy there. Mm. Uh, and we're asking the question, what's more important, wheelchairs or buggies? And it yeah. sounds like it's kind of an aggressive question. It's not. In the context of this story, yeah, absolutely, it's, yeah. it's perfectly valid, and it's not meant to be flippant at all. No, no. I mean, obviously this morning, a lot of people thought, why are you asking that? Well, I'll just explain the story again. Yeah. But some people did get very offended. Um, coming up here, things do get very tense with, with one individual. Um, so I <laughs> took that question to the streets. What's more important, a wheelchair or a buggy? Here's what people had to say. Wheelchairs or buggies? Mm. Well, I'd say wheelchairs. Okay, why? Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of people in this town that are actually disabled and everything else. And to me, they're more important when you get onto a bus and things like that. You know, they, they have access to buses. Uh, wheelchairs, actually. Tell us why. Well, people with buggies can walk. What's more important, sir? Disabled. Well, disabled ones. Tell I'm me thinking. why. Because it's disabled, isn't it? You got for me. You got. Hold on. You got to be disabled, aren't you? I'm not disabled, no. No, but I'm just saying. I haven't got a buggy either. No, you might have arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or something. Yeah. yeah? But you might. You're still walking, talking, and everything else. But what I'm saying is, it's. Leg there. And all of a sudden you could I, d- I don't really get your point. So, so why, why is a well, wheelchair why more you important? You take the baby out on the thing and still fold it, can't you? But your buggy or whatever, the whip disabled one, you can't, can you? So You're anybody. For the question, for the question, aren't hang you? On, hang on. So anybody who goes to get on a bus who's in a wheelchair and they say, sorry, you can't come on. You're sticking up for the, 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 the buses or not? I, I'm not sticking up for anybody. <laughs> I'm simply asking the question what's more important, a wheelchair user or a buggy? Why? I'm asking why. A baby, you can pick it up. Okay. Okay. 
It's getting a bit tense, guys. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Well, God bless you. you. My opinion. Okay, let's get the chairman perspective on this as well. Sir, what do you think is more important, a wheelchair or a buggy? I think the, the wheelchair because the person is handicapped, so for the handicapped it's more difficult to go on the, on the bus. Thank you very much. Oh, mate. There you go. Things yeah, got very are, tense out there. <laughs> the thing is, as well, because normally when it's kind of tense, you still make a few jokes. Mm. You shut up there. Well, that was a very rare moment of you realising that that actually could, that was going nuts. It, and it, was, it was getting very aggressive. Yep. Uh, two people either side of me. All I was doing was putting the question to him. He never really gave me an answer. And I think if somebody asked me that question, to be fair, on the streets, I don't know how I would answer that question. So I can understand that to a certain degree. That was, I enjoyed that, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. You've been on, on top form recently. Um, what do you want to take to the, to the streets? Mums? Mums telling you off? Mums or, or maybe drawings? Gold stars? Uh, I think, I think mums is probably <laughs> safer. When was the last time your mum told you off? Uh, by, yeah, by the way, uh, get ready upstairs. We're going to get loads of complaints. <laughs> uh, Justin, I'll speak to you after eight, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Thank you very much. Tata. He's good, he is, isn't he? He's, he's uh, one of my secret weapons. <laughs> we're so, so honestly, we're so lucky to have him. I was listening to another local radio uh, breakfast show the other day, and their roving reporter, um, oh, what was he doing? Oh, he was doing like a really obvious thing, and he had like, it was about, I think it was about um, spelling, it was about writing or something. And he had like the appropriate music underneath. Oh, there no. was a song about spelling, or so, it was just—it was this horrible slick BB. And one thing you can't say about Dealey, hes not slick. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as, as the greatest compliment. He doesn't come in and he's, he doesn't go out and do voxes about um, uh, uh, money, uh, and then you know put money by Pink Floyd underneath it or stuff like that. Oh, saying that though, what tune could we have used for uh... for wheelchairs or buggies? Um... Um... Wheels on fire. There we go. You see, ladies and gentlemen, always thinking. Now, a Hertfordshire homeless charity is asking people to provide homes for teenagers who've got nowhere else to go. Hart's Young Homeless want to hear from hosts in Watford who can provide accommodation for 21 nights. Uh, we can speak to uh, Kylie Henderson from the scheme. Morning, Kylie. Good morning. So what, what's this called and, and where's it come from? Um, basically, it's called Crash Pad. Um, it started in 2003. Um, Basically, it came from there being a need. Crashpad is effectively temporary emergency accommodation for 16 and 17-year-olds that need it, that are homeless. And we can offer that within host time. So people are really good enough to give up a room in their house for these young people to come and stay that really need it. And it started in 2003, and it's just kind of progressed from there, really. And uh, why... Um, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate in a minute, OK? So be, I'm just be, be prepared. It's devil's yeah. advocate. I don't necessarily think this. I'm just kind of <laughs> saying what some of my listeners might say. Yeah, of course. Because a lot of them are a horrible bunch. But uh, <laughs> why are these 16 and 17-year-olds homeless? A lot of it, actually, is family breakdown. So um, it might be caused by things like mental health issues, substance misuse issues, and that can be from parental as well as the young people. But most of the time, it's family breakdown in relationships. And what we do whilst they're in crash pad is we look at their options. But ideally, crash pad is more for, like, a conflict um, so they can take time out of the family home and hopefully we aim to return them back home again after. OK, so maybe, it's, they've, had, it's safe enough, maybe they've had a massive fight, either physical or verbal, with mum or dad or, or yeah. a brother or something like that and uh, it kind of just gives them a little bit of a time out. Yeah, basically. That's kind of what it's set up for, really. Devil's advocate. And I know, I'm yeah. doing this because I know you can take it. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, you're an intelligent, bright woman. Um, uh, why would I want some little scrow in my house? There's probably he's probably on drugs. Probably he's probably a thief. Why why would I want a 16 year old druggie with mental health issues in my house? That can't be safe. Well, first of all, actually, you know, we do vet them a lot. We do a lot of checks on these young people. So be, you know, be assured that if you had one in your home, we would make sure that we'd done a lot of checks and that they were suitable to go in your home. We would never, ever place a young person in a host home that we felt was a risk to the host or to the young person either way, you know, because it can go both ways. Um, and also, um, you know, these young people, we... A lot of our hosts want to give back, so that's what the aim is. You know, they want to know that they're helping someone that's a lot less fortunate, that's in a really sticky situation. And a lot of our hosts get back from that. You know, they they take away from the experience too, not just the young people. Well, so, I was going to ask, who are the kind of people that that are offering to host? Is it is it couples? Is it elderly people? Is it people? Who who who's doing it? You'd be surprised, actually. We have a real mix. There, we always joke in Crashpad because there's no set person, shall we say, that likes to host. We have a real mix. We have um, single ladies on their own that are a little bit older. We have couples. Um, we've had people with children before. You know, there's a real there's a real mix of people. There doesn't seem to be a set type of person that wants to do this, which is lovely because it means that you know we we can actually if we when we have enough hosts and things we can actually look at matching the young people to the host and hopefully you know set them up so they have a good placement and we can enable them to return back home in a better way how many young people need this uh, uh, crash pad well i mean for, just for the last quarter alone we a 17 percent of our referrals came from the watford and three rivers area oh, i mean I we've we've we, yeah it's, it's quite a high number especially from the it's it, watford and three rivers tends to be one of our higher areas that we with we've got a need for with hosts and unfortunately we have no hosts in watford oh. and three rivers at the moment which is really really sad we're having to use our hostel bed space because we've got we have got um, five hostel bed spaces across the county for young people that are a little bit higher risk that we can't place with hosts that aren't suitable yeah. so we can still help them and we're having to use that at the moment where we can If so. anyone's listening in Watford, we'll, we'll give out the details so they can get in touch in a second, to tell them why, why, why this would be good for them to, to, to be a host family, what they would get out of it I mean, what what we from, fundamentally with, with Crashpad, you get to give something back, you get to have a nice experience with with a young person a lot of people say they like the company they're like having a young person that keeps them young you know in their home and things like that but i mean we do offer a 24-hour support service you get loads of training we we give you all the help that you need you know you're never alone crash pads always at the end of the phone we're we're always there with you so you're not effectively on your own in your home with this young person and it's, it's just a good thing to do what's, I'll, what's, I'll host love it how do people get in touch if they're kind of thinking oh i my fancy a bit of a chat about this what what, what do they do so they can always give us a direct call on 01707 251 403 and they can speak to me or the other two members of the Crashpad team. We're only a little team, we sit in the corner of an office, you know. Um, or they can visit um, um, hyh.org.uk. Say that again, say that again. But H- they can visit www.hyh.org.uk. Okay. Or they can email us on crashpad at hyh.org.uk. All right, well, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. Let us know how it goes. Brilliant. Okay? Will Thank- do. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Kylie. Bye-bye. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's busy on the A1M southbound through Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the M1 southbound, it's busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25, it's slow between Junction 19 for Watford, anti-clockwise to Junction 12 for the M3. It's queuing all the way towards the M40 as well. On the In Chisel Green on the North Orbital Road, that's slow at the Shell Roundabout on Watford Road. And in High Wycombe on the A404, it's looking really busy on all the approaches to the High Wycombe Handy Cross Roundabout at the M40. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. We're all we're all just um, recovering slightly, or trying to, from Everjoy's call this morning. Boy, we said things that I'm still not sure you're allowed to say on the radio. Yet we will put it in the podcast this week. Don't worry. And I'll tell you what, I'll also... Um, after the show, I'll tweet the Listen Again link as well, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll put that out, because it's, uh, it's definitely worth having a listen. Hey, who's more important, people in wheelchairs... Or buggy users, and when was the last time your mum told you off? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, woman arrested on suspicion of murdering Bedfordshire toddler, firefighter waiting for Nepal rescue, and Bedford Primary School defends sex education policy. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murder following the death of a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire. Toddler Autumn Gooch was found dead at an address in Malden near Ampton earlier this month. More from Lee Agnew. Detectives are investigating what's been termed the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April. Beds police say the post-mortem, which took place on Wednesday the 15th, was inconclusive and investigations are ongoing. A serious case review by the Central Bedfordshire Safeguarding Children Board is also underway. Another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. A Bedfordshire firefighter who is stranded there has contacted his family to say he's safe. But Clive Wilkinson, a crew commander at Kempston Fire Station, and his wife Heather, who are trekking near Kathmandu, are waiting to be rescued. His sister Karen says they're hoping to be airlifted out. They're actually stranded up a very remote part of the Langtang Valley at the moment, and there are a number of... Obviously, the priority is to get the injured and the, and the wounded... Uh, to places of safety and, and hopefully um, you know Clive Clive a helicopter will arrive when at some point but they're not you know they're, they're waiting to hear when that might be. A father has questioned the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Renhold Lower School near Bedford. He says some aspects are too explicit. The chair of governors Jeremy Evans says their procedures are regularly reviewed. It's a policy that's been agreed by the governors and is reviewed by us regularly. The scheme of work for the children was drawn up several years ago in close consultation with the parents. And as far as we're aware, we haven't had any complaints. David Cameron will promise that a future Conservative government would bring in a law within 100 days of taking office, guaranteeing no key tax increases for five years. But Labour claim that under the Tories' economic plans, millions of families stand to lose tax credits worth nearly £4 billion. The President of the Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, says she was told she couldn't get on a bus in London yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Sal Brinton, who uses a wheelchair, was asked to wait for the next bus. More from Paul Scoynes. 
The Baroness tweeted that it was absolutely outrageous that she wasn't allowed on the bus because a parent refused to move their buggy. She's making a formal complaint to Transport for London. TfL guidelines state that wheelchair users get priority over passengers with buggies who have to move to make way for them. In sport, Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool. And Milton Keynes-Dons midfield Carl Baker has been voted the club's player of the year. The weather, rain moving east this morning, heavy at times drier and brighter this afternoon with some sunny spells a maximum temperature 13 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties thank you simon morning ian lee bbc three counties right if you've just tuned in guys i mean you've missed probably um I would, thinking off the top of my head, I would put Everjoy's call in my top five calls of all time of doing phone-in shows. It'll be in the podcast, and I'll um, tweet the the, uh, listen again link. I've never had a phone call so outrageous that I've had to stand up and walk away from the microphone and do a little dance in the studio. I did, I had to. Sex education... Wheelchairs versus buggies. And when was the last time your mum told you off? 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I mean, Mark in Bedford is still recoiling from Everjoy as well. These are the Texas. Yeah, he said you should have got Dealey to ask when have you been told off by your mum and sent to Zimbabwe for drawing (laughs) a foof. Can we say that? I don't I don't know. But yes, uh, she was talking about her nephew who at the age of nine got a gold star for drawing um well I think diagrams. Used, for drawing diagrams of uh, men's and ladies' parts. A gold star. His mum, instead of uh, putting it on the fridge as we would all do, uh, took him to Zimbabwe for four years. So he wouldn't have to think about those things again. Isn't it a shame that artistic talent stemmed <laughs> at such an early age? Uh, Angie says, What about the poor kid he got sent to Zimbabwe for getting the gold star? That's a bit drastic. <laughs> Wow. That's, that's mixed messages, isn't it, really? It certainly is. I mean, the sex education thing has taken off, as has the, the uh, stuff about the buses. Um, this is one from Pat in Welling Garden City. It's got me asking questions um, this morning. I did a dissertation on sex education in the primary school when teaching as a, uh, training as a teacher. Because of what I learned, my two little daughters were shown Swedish children's books describing love and sex with graphic diagrams and cartoons from when they were tiny, and it worked brilliantly. Oh. They were well adjusted and hap- they were uh, sorry. They are very well adjusted and happily married with children of their own. Says Pat of Welling Garden City. Pat, thank you very much. Uh, more of your texts, please, and phone calls. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Why are we talking about sex education? Well, it's been a, f- a full and frank discussion this morning. Uh, a father is unhappy with the way that kids are being taught about sex at a Bedfordshire primary school. Nick Keeley's eight-year-old daughter attends Reynold Lower School near Bedford, but he says their approach is inappropriate. Well, the school says that uh, their sex education strictly complies with the national curriculum and the maturity of pupils is taken into account. Uh, Lucy Emerson is the national coordinator of the Sex Education Forum, which campaigns to improve sex education. Uh, Lucy, what what would an eight-year-old be learning in sex education classes? Well, first of all, let's be really clear. Providing factual and simple biological information about reproduction does not harm children. Um, In a primary school, life cycles and reproduction is an important part of sex and relationships education, but it's not the only part. You'd also be learning about body changes and puberty, more so towards the end of primary school. You'd be learning about feelings and attitudes towards each other, about 
friendships and family relationships. Also, a really key bit of learning will be about bodily privacy and boundaries and how to get help if something's wrong. So, you know, the whole package is much broader than just um, about reproduction, but that is one key part of it. And we will come on to the kind of specifics of the reproduction, but but that is the thing, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, certain newspapers will say, oh, five-year-olds being taught about um, gay sex and and, and nine-year-olds being taught about how to put a condom on or something like that. Sex education, uh, it, it, it isn't just about sex, is it? It does encompass lots of other things. That's absolutely right, and it encompasses those things in little chunks, bit by bit, in a way that matches the the maturity of the child. So you, you know, you build up the learning. You know, a young child will be interested in the differences between boys and girls, and have basic questions about where babies come from. And then you can add to that. You start having an open, clearly understood language that you can build on, so that child feels, if I've got a question, I can answer, ask it, and I will get an honest, straightforward answer. And you know, when you've got a teacher that's trained in the subjects, they can do a fantastic job now, of when, answering those questions. That, I'm glad you said that. You said they're trained. Well, how much training do they have? And it, 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 you know, is it kind of they get a day's course on how to do it, or is it a bit more intensive than that? It could be even less than that, I'm afraid oh, to say. Gosh. I mean, currently, um, we don't have compulsory sex and relationships education in primary schools. As a consequence, teachers may or may not have had any training in the subject. There are lots of teachers who want to teach this subject, but they're crying out for the training. Yeah. That's why we want to see uh, legislation change to make this um, you know, a properly respected subject, because it's important, and parents know it's important, and they want it to be taught well, not by teachers who are kind of fumbling around for the right resources. Well, hopefully to end any fumbling around, I guess, is part of the thing. <laughs> what would you say to to some parents who say, no, 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 it, it, it's my responsibility as a parent to do this, it's not up to the teachers, I'll tell them when I think they're ready? Well, children do say they want to talk to their parents about their bodies, about growing up, and they'd like their parents to be the first ones to do that, but very often parents are not because they they refuse to answer questions or they're avoiding. So that um, funny? Why would you refuse to answer a question? <clears throat> I, I think it's fear. I think, you know, many adults haven't had good sex and relationships education. They don't know what it looks like, what it sounds like. And when the first questions come from children, sometimes they freeze and think, right, yeah. w- what kind of quick lie can, can I come up with to try to leave this till later? But that, that leaving it till later can mean leaving it so late that the child has found out that information from other sources, from friends, possibly from the internet. Um, and, you know, school is there for an important reason to make sure all children get some basic information that they're, they're, they're kind of set with facts that are going to help and support the f- their health. If the question, I've got boys, five and three, and they ask me all kinds of stuff, and uh, I still freeze. They sometimes ask a question, and I freeze, and I think, right, flipping, and there's nothing wrong with that. I then kind of think it through and um, uh, give them the information that I think they can handle. Exactly. I mean, buy yourself time, by all means. You know, you've heard the question. The question may well come back again. You can always tell your child, right, I'll have a think about that and I'll tell you later. Yeah, you haven't got to answer straight away, have that's you? And I think right, that's what's put right. some parents off. Yeah, have a think. Um, you know, And think in advance before the questions come up. How do I want my child to learn about growing up, about their bodies? Um, who do I want them to learn from? And, you know, we want, we want to see schools and parents working together on this. And, and many schools have helped parents out by giving them leaflets or resources they can use at home. So, you know, we, there are cases where it's working. Um, but what we don't want is to leave children feeling they can't ask questions. 
the, uh, the the gentleman who was complaining about this school was one of one of the issues was uh, he had been told by a teacher uh, that his eight year old girl would be shown a drawing of excuse me dear listener an erect penis now. Is that the kind of the, the, the advice that is given to schools that that's appropriate to show to eight-year-olds? And and because um, I because I, I I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm approaching this journey as a dad. You know, I I don't know if that's appropriate. What what's kind of the guidance on that? Well, it, it's difficult to know how the diagram was being yeah, used. Yeah, of course. Pre- presumably, it was part of a sequence of lessons um, throughout that primary school, teaching about life cycles of reproduction, and it was probably being provided as a kind of mechanical explanation how a sperm is going to find the egg because children need to understand that to understand the basics of reproduction um i mean i would there isn't clear guidance that says this is exactly what you do with each age group um if the subject as a whole is not compulsory as i've said and teachers have been crying out for more yeah. clarity and advice but what i would say is that in all primary schools the sex education forum would like to see something happening in every year so you've got time to start off with naming body parts basics about differences between boys and girls about feelings and friendships and then in the middle of the primary school years you've got a little bit more under i mean children by then want to know things about what's an egg what's a sperm what are these invisible things that are going on how do different animals reproduce you know that was a you know that can be used as a really good context oh don't Um, i my my boys the other day were asking how snakes have uh, babies i haven't got a clue i don't know how a snake (laughs) has a baby i don't know what i know they lay eggs i don't know what happens uh, do you not think, Lucy, the Sex Education Forum is kind of a loaded title, isn't it? And it does give certain newspapers, I'm sure you can imagine which ones I'm thinking of, it kind of gives them ammunition, doesn't it? The Sex Education Forum want to impose this on our kids. And it isn't, it, you know, the, as you said, the sex is such a tiny part. It, your name perhaps isn't helping the, the campaign slightly. OK, well, you know, how do we use that word? How are we as adults interpreting that word? Because, you know, when a baby's born, the first question is, what is the sex of the baby? Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily sexual intercourse. I think, you know, it reflects that kind of leaping to our fears and, and, and sometimes the wrong conclusion. Let's think about it as a broader thing. We would not be here without sex. You know, reproduction and life cycles and whether it's a boy or a girl... That is part of this broader topic and linked with relationships. And, and if we lost that word altogether, I'm afraid we would silence some of the important yeah. stuff that we need to be just thinking about. This is just factual biology. It's funny we're so weird about it, isn't it? Because you're right, it's just like bodies and things. It's what we do. Your mu- hey, your mum and dad did it, guys. All you people who are prudes, your mum and dad... I know what a horrible thought. But it, it's, it's weird, isn't it, that we get so funny about it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we've got a way to go culturally to... Um, to just be a little bit more straightforward about matters to do with sex and relationships as a whole and have more of an antidote, really, to the other extreme, which is the more distorted images that don't come with words yeah. that we're worried about children finding without parental advice and supervision. Lucy, uh, really interesting. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you, too. Thank you. Lucy Emerson, National Coordinator of the Sex Education Forum. Come on, guys. She puts forward a good argument for sex education in schools, doesn't she? I think so completely. Alison's in Bedford. Morning, Alison. Good morning. What would you like to say? Um, my son-
son used to go to Renault. Oh, yeah. And I found them a very, very responsible school in terms this of... This is the school that we're talking about in the, 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 this Absolutely. morning. Yeah, OK, Renault Live School. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's he's almost 15, so he left, you know, five years ago or so. Yeah. Um, but it's the same head teacher, and they hold um, an information evening for parents. Now, presumably the parent who is, has an issue has been to that evening, yeah. um, where a lady comes along from Bedfordshire Council on the health side of things, and she explains around how puberty has reduced. So girls are hitting puberty at age eight. And boys, instead of being 15, 16, are coming back to age 11. It's not every child, obviously, yeah. but some are. And they have to have this information. So I found that, um, that I was being educated to start with. And then, obviously, about why they were going to educate the children, what they were going to educate them, and why they were doing it so young. And I don't see that there's a problem with giving that information yeah. at that age. I, I, I think I'm coming... I, I, I've been sitting on the fence on this all morning and I think I'm coming around to that way of thinking about this, this story. Well, you, the other thing is, you know, like Lucy just said, the resources that the teachers, head teacher, and the external speaker gave to us are from leaflets to a list of books that we could get from the library. You know, it has to be a joint responsibility between the parents and the school to educate your child. Uh, I really appreciate your call, Alison. Thank you very much indeed. I've got a cracking email from Stan on this. I'll read it after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Great Gadsden on Leighton Buzzard Road, that's been blocked in both directions by an accident between Ledgemore Lane and Nettledon Road, so just before the toll bridge, and that's causing delays from Hudnall. On the Inchessant on the Great Cambridge Road, that's looking slow southbound from Church Lane towards the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. And on the M25, there's a lane closed because of a breakdown between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. That's beginning to cause some queues. Also, there are queues building up between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40 anti-clockwise and on the M1 southbound it's very slow from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. No reports of any delays on the trains at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.16. It is uh, Wednesday the 29th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. A father has questioned the way that sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford. And another £5 million of aid has been announced by the British government for the relief effort in Nepal. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Are you all right? You're so ruddy. Ruddy? Yeah. Well... Are you the countryman? Were. Yeah. That's me. Looks good, though. It, the redness has gone, actually. It's, it's, you're getting a nice brown. More of a... Right, OK. The redness is normally to do with... Uh, <laughs> yes. We know. We, yeah. We've talked about it. We need yeah. to have a word off it. I'm going to have my liver tested, actually, for the show. How do they do that? I don't know. But, oh, <laughs> the faces of horror being... Uh, it's not a finger uh, ...being pulled through. That's what's the finger? No, yeah. that's your prostate. That's the prostate, OK. No, you okay. don't do that. Because uh, I would volunteer. What? For a prostate test? To do yours? Oh. What? What? No. Fr friends helping friends. 
How do they do liver then? Do you? Well, I, I don't know no how idea. they do liver, but I'm going to have it tested just to see if uh, my Pinot Grigio consumption is having any kind well, of effect. I wish you the very best of luck with that. Do you? Uh, do you think it probably is? Oops. Sweepstake. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many years has he got? I reckon five. They might be able to tell me that. They're going to do it on air. What if you do it on air and they go? Oh, are I you sure you want to do this on air, Mr Vernon Smith? I don't think you can do a, a kidney test on air. Is it kidney or liver? Liver Come test on, on air. You can't do a liver test on air. You'd have to have a blood test first, wouldn't you? And then send it away for analysis. OK, but are they going to open the envelope? So you're going to Live be on air, on, Yeah, it'd be like the Jeremy Carl DNA test. Ah. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to play a record. <laughs> a short one. <laughs> Good. When are you doing yeah. that? I don't know. We're oh, trying okay. to organise it. Oh, that'd at the moment. be nice. Good. Well, we think it might be. Uh, it might serve a purpose in getting everyone in beds, hearts, and bugs to stop drinking. He's Bad slurred. Yes. <laughs> He's slurred. <laughs> what have you got today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Do you have sympathy for the parent who wouldn't move their buggy for Baroness Brinton's wheelchair? Oh, yes, yes. I know you've been talking about this. You're going to yep. be talking to Sal Brinton in just a second. Yes, the president are. of the Liberal Democrats, Watford's Bar Baroness Sal Brinton, was told she couldn't get on a bus yesterday as a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Brinton, a wheelchair user, was made to wait for the next bus. The bus company, they say their drivers are advised to give wheelchair users priority when the space is occupied by an able-bodied passenger. However, the law states no passenger can be given priority over another on bus routes, whether they're a wheelchair user or not. Well, from nine this morning, I want us to debate this. Do you have sympathy for the parent who wouldn't move their buggy for Baroness Brinton's wheelchair? Do you think a parent with a buggy and maybe small children, has just as much right to be on that bus as someone who is an adult, albeit in a wheelchair. From nine this morning, your view on 08459 455 555. <sighs> 8,600 packs of energy gels. 35,000 bottles of water. 2,400 runners. One place to hear it all. They're off. The sun's shining. It's a perfect place to run a marathon. So I think this is the winner of the Milton Keynes Marathon making his way across the finish line now. Hello, you're live on BBC Three Counties Radio. You've won the uh, ladies' Milton Keynes Marathon. How do you feel? The Milton Keynes Marathon, Monday on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, uh, the reason we're talking about the story that, well, that Jonathan was just talking about is um, uh, yesterday Baroness Sal Brinton was uh, waiting to get a bus in London. Uh, a bus pulled up. Uh, was about to get on, but there was a buggy in the wheelchair place. In the, the you know, there's a little kind of slot where you can fit in maybe a couple of buggies or I think one wheelchair. It depends on the size of the bus. Well, Baroness Sal Brenton, who is uh, president of the Lib Dems, is from Watford and joins me now. Good morning, Sal. Morning. Ian. Have I kind of have I got that right? Do you, do you want to fill in any yeah. blanks I may have had there? Well I think that the first thing to say is that, obviously, when the bus is full, it's very difficult for people to move around. And I completely understand that. But this bus was virtually empty. And the father with the buggy turned his back on me and wouldn't respond when the driver asked him to move. The conductor, because this happened to be one bus that had a conductor as well as the driver, came down and said, sorry, he can't move, uh, even though it was obvious he could. And... After a discussion, um, they, without taking time to explain what happened with that, 
they then moved off. Now, I then got the next bus, and just by contrast, about the same number of people on the bus got on that without any trouble. Buggy got on at the next stop. The buggy, the mother with the buggy, myself, and another passenger jiggled around a bit, and both of us travelled absolutely fine together. This was about an attitude of not bothering to try and sort the issue out, and that's why I was so cross. So let me just try and picture this, because uh, uh, um, uh, you didn't get on the bus. You were the, the, the bus. No, the they side, wouldn't let me on it. The side door opens, does it? And then you're kind of facing. The, 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 that's the, right. The, the, space. the London buses have a, a, yeah. a door in the middle and a ramp comes out so you can go straight up, straight into the buggy space, the wheelchair space. And the bus and was... A, sorry, sorry. Big, yeah, and there's a big blue sign that says, wheelchairs have priorities. If you have a buggy, please fold it up and make space for the wheelchair. But as you said earlier, it is an advisory notice only. The father with the buggy absolutely refused to move at all. I can understand not wanting to lift a child out of a buggy and fold it. It can be difficult. But the the place was empty enough for the buggy easily to be moved back down the corridor. Oh, so he could have have wheeled it. He could have done that. No, absolutely. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't move. Wouldn't look at me. Wouldn't talk. A couple of quick questions. Uh, How many kids did this guy have? Just the one. Just the one. And, and uh, there was a lady with him as well, and she was sitting down. Um, um, did they have, like, ba- loads of bags of shopping and stuff? Nope. Nope. So, OK, well, this, the, I mean, this does put a complete... It doesn't put a different... It, it puts more of a spin on it. So th- there are two adults, one baby, in a buggy, and there was room yep. for them to move. Yes. How did that make you feel, Sal? Obviously, you're angry. Yes, I mean, I was angry. I was trying to get to work. And one of the problems for people in wheelchairs is that you're constantly made to feel like you're an inanimate parcel, delaying things and just constantly getting in the way. And TfL's statement yesterday stopped referring to me as a passenger and talked about the wheelchair can always get on the next bus. The wheelchair. Yeah, which really just reinforced the point. Yeah, I can I, I can see that now. So the driver um, uh, played the automatic announcement. Uh, the guy didn't move. He ignored you. Did you speak to the guy at all? I, well, when the doors first opened, um, I actually asked him, and that was when he turned his back on oh, me. Oh dear, that is, I mean that is, how cowardly can you get? Yeah. Uh, and then the yeah. conductor said, uh, uh, "I'm I'm sorry, love. Sorry, uh, can't do this. You, yeah. there's, there's no room." Yeah. Yeah. And you, you say about the announcement, the, the, train, the, the train, the bus I got later did press the wheelchair getting on board, please make room. Yeah. But this bus didn't. Actually, I've only just realised that, it but it's right. true. This bus didn't play that. The, 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 listen, I, I, my mum's in a wheelchair and I take her around and the very I, very rarely do I take her into London because it is a mm. night... That city is mm. not built for wheelchairs. No. Uh, so and I, would ne- I would never dream of taking her on a bus. Uh, Sal, stay there. I, I want to speak to Leon Daniels, who's Managing Director for Surface Transport, uh, uh, Transport for London. What went wrong, Leon? This isn't brilliant, is it? Uh, firstly, let me just say I'm really sorry about this because this is just not what should uh, happen. Uh, we welcome people in wheelchairs. We welcome people with any sort of mobility uh, difficulties on the bus services. Uh, and I'm really sorry about this. What, what happens here, of course, is that what the law does, the law the law's made it obligatory that every bus has a space for a wheelchair. Uh, that comes into comes into force over the, over the next couple of years. But in London, we've been like it for some time. Uh, and so there is a space for a wheelchair.
Now, what's happened, of course, that space is also useful for people with buggies, uh, and it's, it's the general position that you can use that space unless a wheelchair user wants to use it, in which, which case you must vacate it. So the drawback we've got is that re really relies on the goodwill of the person who's in that space. And what we have yesterday clearly is a case uh, where that person was being very selfish, really just thinking about themselves, wasn't prepared to vacate the space. And although really clearly this space, there's a priority for wheelchair users, it's their space and they've got first call on it, the law doesn't give us any powers to move people out of the way. We can't manhandle them out of the way. We can't arrest them. We have nothing we can do. So if the passenger won't respond to, you know, common decency and, of course, uh, persuasion by the driver or by the, uh, the conductor, then, then, then we're a bit stuck. And I'm really sorry about that. Many of our staff do a fabulous job, and most, most people respond to one form of persuasion or another. This particular case, it didn't, and I'm really sorry. Sal? I think the, the, the particular issue here was that the conductor didn't try to persuade the, dri the, the, the person with the buggy. And I can understand that it can be difficult for the driver when it's a driver on their own because they've got to shout over their shoulder. But the conductor was actually beside the person. That, I'm afraid, is a training issue for TfL, and it needs uh, to be looked at. And I would, I would say I've been in touch with the uh, company that provides this particular service, the, uh, the customer assistant, as we call them these days, not the conductor. The customer assistant um, has been identified. Uh, they'll be talking to him. Uh, and and this, will, this, will be, this will be dealt with for sure. And I, as I say, I am really very sorry. Um, the staff are brilliant at this. Some are better than others. We fell short on this occasion, and we'll certainly deal with the person concerned. I suppose concerned. Uh, the, 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 one of the problems is, Sal, in London, uh, you, you just don't know who you're dealing with, do you? And if, if you yeah. kind of, you know, you, you, people snap on buses and if a, con a conductor or whatever they're called now says, look, sorry, could you move that? You, you just don't know what reaction you're going to get, do you? Well, I think there's, there's ways of doing it. I mean, I spend my life having to ask people if they would move slightly so I can get my wheelchair through spaces. And that's why training is so important, because if the conductor, sorry, the customer assistant, assistant had actually said, it's possible for you to stay on if you wouldn't mind just moving out of the way a bit, we can get the wheelchair in and then you, it would have been fine. But there wasn't even that dialogue. And Le certainly you know, nothing in that tone of Le let's sort this out. Leon, is there any training uh, 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 th th to help uh, the, the, your staff you know, know uh, what to do in these situations? Absolutely so. It's a fundamental part yeah. of the training for all the drivers and indeed the customer assistance for the buses that have them. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a significant amount of training and dealing with people with any sort of mobility difficulties is right at the top of that training. All I can say on this particular occasion, uh, the, the person clearly didn't do the job properly. Uh, the training is good enough for, for us to carry uh, uh, hundreds of wheelchair users uh, every day quite successfully. Uh, and this, is, this problem only occurs very, very rarely. Uh, as I said, some people are better at it than others. Uh, and if, um, fr frankly, if they're not able to do the job properly, we'll have to have a strong word with them to make sure they do. That's why they're there, of course, is to provide assistance to the customers. And it's a fundamental part of their job to make sure that if there is a bit of a competition for that space, to make sure that the person who, person that who needs that space, the wheelchair user, gets, get, gets in and the other person is accommodated nicely uh, and, and everybody can get on their journey. So, so uh, I, there is training uh, and we'll certainly be making sure that this particular person, this particular customer assistant, um, is, 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 undergoes some more training to make sure they do a better job next time. So, last word to you. That, well, that's, that's good news. It needs to be consistent across the service. Yeah, but it, it sounds like they're listening, doesn't it? It does. Let's Brilliant. hope it works. I really Thanks. appreciate you, you tweeting this and you coming on this morning, uh, Baroness Sal Brinton. Thank you very much. And uh, Leon Daniels, Managing Director for Surface Transport at Transport for London. And bio, by the way, guys, again, we haven't had one of these for ages, have we, Catherine?
someone from a company coming on going, yeah, we got it wrong, we'll yeah. sort it out. We, haven't had, we had a spate of those about three or four months ago from councillors and uh, companies going, yeah, do you know what, we got it wrong, really, really sorry. And it completely it left foots me because I've got nothing I can do. No. And he was great. No. Came on, hands up, we made a mistake, we're going to sort it out. this is what we're going to do, this is the thing. This is, and that's what people want to hear. They want to hear that the person who, who was, was partly responsible is going to be spoken yeah. to and that things hopefully will improve in the future. Completely different from the sort of defensive PR we've seen recently where people yeah. just don't come on yeah. and then want to keep ringing us up and telling us where we've, you know, missed bits out. You know, just come on, yeah. let's have a conversation. If you sound like a human being, you will always kind of um, take the wind and out of sails. And also, the, the people that come on and say, yeah, I'll come on, but I don't want to speak to to the, cust the, the person involved. Yeah. Well, Leon, brilliant. Thank you. Leon Daniels, Managing Director for uh, Surface Transport. Uh, Transport. Surface Transport, that's, that's buses, buses, yeah? And what was it? C customer Liaison Officers. That's, that's customer Assistant. That's Conductors, yeah? Yeah. Love it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise because the lanes close between junction 26 Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's also looking slow between junction 18 for the A404 at Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. In Great Gadsden on Leighton Buzzard Road, that's been blocked in both directions by an accident between Ledgemore Lane and Nettledon Road just before the toll bridge and that's causing delays on the southbound Pedley Hill. And High Wycombe on London Road, that's looking busy in both directions and into High Wycombe on the A404 Amersham Hill, that's looking very slow too on the speed sensors. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got a really interesting email from Stan about sex education. I'll read it in a second. 08459 455555. Let's get the news. Here's Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murder following the death of a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire. Toddler Autumn Gooch was found dead at an address in Malden near Amptill early this month. The president of the Liberal Democrats, who's from Watford, is making a formal complaint to Transport for London after being refused a place on a bus yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. And the number of people known to have been killed by the earthquake in Nepal has risen to more than 5,000. The UK government is to give another £5 million to the relief effort. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hull have moved four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after a 1-0 win over Liverpool. It leaves Liverpool almost certain to miss out on Champions League qualification. His manager, Brendan Rodgers. We'll keep fighting right to the end. As I said, I've got a very honest bunch of players who are giving their all. You know, they've good energy tonight. They worked hard. Um... But uh, as I said, we just couldn't get a result and, and now we just got to finish off the season as strong as we can. Tonight, Leicester, who are a point above the drop zone, host champions-elect Chelsea. MK Dons midfielder Carl Baker has been voted the club's Player of the Year. Baker received the award last night with Deli Alley voted Players' Player of the Year. And Millwall and Wigan have been relegated from the Championship after victory for Rotherham last night. In non-league football, Bedfordshire side Barton Rovers are through to the Southern League Division 1 Central playoff final after winning five 5-4 on penalties at Royston. It finished 0-0 after extra time. Barton will travel to Bedford.
Edgeworth in Monday's final after they won 2-1 at Aylesbury. Tonight, Boreham Wood travel to Haventon Waterlooville in the first leg of their Conference South playoff final. In Formula One, the boss of British Grand Prix venue Silverstone says the sport is not providing enough entertainment value for its fans. Ticket sales for this year's race are up over 25%, but managing director Patrick Allen says Lewis Hamilton winning every race is not necessarily a good thing. I think the fans would like to see closer racing. I think if it becomes in danger of Lewis winning every single weekend and it's a procession by four or five seconds, then I think their appetite might wane a little for that. And I think Lewis has even himself has said that he is wary of that eventuality. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll, uh, we'll get Dealey before nine o'clock. I've got to say, Daly's been on fire the last few weeks. I don't know what's... Something happened to him about three or four weeks ago. I don't know if he got written, uh, bitten by um, a radioactive member of the public or I don't know what happened. If, if, if someone, you know, if someone was giving him the Polish perspective and they zapped him with special Polish power, <laughs> I don't know. But he's been... The last three or four weeks... He's, he's been wonderful. He's upped his flipping game. Uh, d- d- um, let's talk to Imogen first, then we'll do the email from Stan. Uh, Imogen's from Helen Regis. Morning, Imogen. Morning, Ian. What have we got for us? You called in about this uh, this story. We're just talking to the Baroness. I don't think I've ever spoken to a Baroness. And in the middle of that conversation, I turned my microphone off and I said to Catherine, am I supposed to call her... A baroness, because when you speak to um, a lord, you're supposed to call them a lord. And I was interviewing Lord um, Ashdown, uh, Paddy Ashdown, and I, I kind of he came on and I went, "All right, Paddy." And my producer was at the other place. My producer gave me the filthiest look, and I said, "Oh, is that all right to call you, Paddy?" He said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course it is." But I don't I know think what you're mostly saying. they don't mind. No, I bet Sir Elton John wants to be called Sir Elton. Your Majesty. Yeah, Emma. exactly. Imogen, what have you got for us? Well, um, I won't comment on the Baroness's complaint because that's clearly a personnel complaint with the transport to London. But um, in general, I don't think that buggies should move for wheelchair users um, if they're taking up a space. I am a wheelchair user and I'm also a mum and trying to get a a kid out of a buggy and fold it up with all your shopping and try and get off a bus is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, And also, the government provides people with limited mobility a benefit called the Higher Mobility um, Care Benefit. Right. And it provides you with either a car, if you can't walk, you get the higher rate of mobility, or um, the money instead of a car, a weekly fund. And that money is to be used for taxis um, or any way of getting around if, if you're having difficulty with that. So you're, you're also, kind of in favour of the, the segregation then of, of disabled people from able-bodied people? Not the segregation at all. I'd love to go on a London bus and use it, but but in practicality, when I'm in a wheelchair, I take my car in. The government oh, provides me with this no, car. Oh, imaging! Come on, and it's driving driving in central London is a nightmare. Who'd want so to do it, that? But so is getting on a bus or a tube train. And actually, the government provides you with the car, and parking in central London is free. Have you so got to pay the congestion do... charge? No. Nope. Congestion charges oh, that uh, is uh, driving, as well. But come on, you know, driving in central London is is uh, absolutely hideous. 
I do know that. Um, and if I wanted to use a bus and, and the uh, space was blocked with a buggy with a child in it um, that was already on there, I'd expect to wait for the next bus. But you are kind of suggesting, um, Imogen, it sounds like you're suggesting, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, um, that th- we are different, that th- uh, 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 people in wheelchairs are different from able-bodied people and, you know what, we just can't do all of the things that we want to do. Um, not really. I've only been disabled for seven years and yeah. I found it quite a struggle, but I've tried to live my life um, as normally as physically possible. Yeah. I went back to work straight away. Um, I, I try and do everything that I used to do um, and even more. And you just have to face it that sometimes there's difficulties with, with being in a wheelchair. And unfortunately, that is the way of the world, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, we did, I, I, we did this, didn't we do this, Kath, that, 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 ages ago? I'm sure mm. we did a, f- a phone-in. I'm going to make it sound perhaps a bit more cat-candy than it was. Do, do, do people in wheelchairs have to accept that they just can't do yeah. everything they want to do? I think do? that was off the back of people complaining that not all stations were accessible if you wanted to use the train, yeah. remember? I suppose, I, mean, I suppose the thing about this, this story, Imogen, is, is um, the, the rudeness of the, the, the gentleman that was involved. He turned his back yeah. on, on the baronet, on Sal, and um, actually, it turns out there was plenty of room and they could have moved. Yeah, and that completely is out of order. Yeah. You know, um, and you are faced with things like that in wheelchairs, and it is disgusting that people um, will treat you like that um, or not make an effort. But 99% of the time, people are really nice and helpful. Uh, I think you just get the odd person that, yeah. that really makes it awful. Uh, I really appreciate your call, Imogen. Thank you. Thank you. Take Cheers. Care. Bye-bye. Got a uh, texter on this saying wheelchair on the buses must happen every day in London, but never made the radio. Is this just a case of someone in power flexing their muscle? No, they tweeted about it, and I saw it. That's how it happened. I uh, yeah, um, yeah. I do. Part of me did. The cynical part of me did wonder if the gentleman from Transport for London was being so was so keen to come on because it was a baroness mm-hmm. who was what she president of the Lib Dems. Yeah, but, I, that did, you know that did make me think. Well, maybe that's why he's so he's so vocal. But then again, is someone like that duty bound to flag up injustices where they see it because they are in a position where it will be taken? I don't know. It will be taken further and get more attention. Let me read this email. Just going on to this sex education thing. This email from uh, Stan. from Stan. About sex education in schools. We've had... Uh, I, I personally think it, it's a cracking idea. As long as it's age-appropriate, um, I think it's a cracking idea because, let's be honest, a lot of parents aren't up to the job. I can't do the... Uh, again, the ins and outs. I don't I don't know all the, the scientific stuff of... You know, of, I don't know all the scientific stuff. But kids don't want to know the scientific well, stuff. Well, no, I think it's good that you get the scientific stuff, you know, so you know what's going on inside. But I don't know... I mean, what have you got, like six ovaries these days? Oh. Um, was yeah. it... Eight? Can we talk about this after? Can, can I'll I, tell you. I'll, can you show me an opening? No, I won't be showing you. Okay, I'm just... I don't know, Just. I don't know. Mm. Um, but Stan seems to disagree. Stan says, I would bet anything that as the sex education has become some explicit, I guess more explicit, and at an earlier age, it has led to more underage sex and unwanted schoolgirl pregnancy. Check the stats. Yeah. And I think it is because these lessons just stimulate an interest in the subject to the children earlier and leads to experimenting. I certainly did not think about reproducing and wanting to experiment at junior school. Oh, I did. Yeah. I fancied... I, I knew that I liked girls and I didn't know what was going on with me liking girls. I li- I knew that I liked girls at 8, 9, 10 and that they were interesting and they had bits that I didn't have and I was interested in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and whereas with girls, it's all kind of romantic and you... And actually, I think you do need to know about what, what the machinery is, etc. because you want to know what your, why your body's feeling the way it is and also why you should take a little bit of responsibility for well, yourself. For so some girls, it's 
romantic. No, what I mean is that girls are romantic fools from an early age. I mean, we get the whole Cinderella thing and Bar- there's Barbie and Ken and all that stuff. So you know that you well, need if, a boyfriend. Well, if girls' sex education is based on what Ken looks like, they are in for a big shot. <laughs> but they'll be pretty safe. Uh, but Stan, I would I would completely disagree. None no, of us have the stats. And I don't know if there are any stats. But surely, by teaching young women and men about uh, healthy relationships and sex, it stops them a getting involved in abusive relationships or at least recognising them, and b. It teaches them how to put mm. a condom on. Well, it's the same for drugs, isn't it? You, you could have the, the same idea for that. You've got you to teach kids. You don't put a condom kids. on drugs, mate. <laughs> but I'm just well, saying. Well, for smuggling it abroad, in which case, look Stop. out Indonesia. If, if a child's at school, they need to know about these things. doesn't mean they're going to go out and try it, but they need to know about what's right and what's wrong. Yes, exactly. Now, speaking of uh, love machines, it is Justin Dealey. And Hi. <laughs> I've never heard that noise before. <laughs> I've never heard that noise uh, before. I, I mean, I've, I've heard this noise. Music. But I've never heard that one. It's something I mainly, you know, preserve for the streets. Oh, one thing I've been meaning to say to you all morning. Yeah. Good morning, sir. OK. Oh, thank you. Glad <laughs> that's sorted out. And I hope you've not heard us bigging you up too much this morning. No. Good. I've had headphones on most of the morning, but if you have been saying nice things, I appreciate that. And it's, uh, you know, Are you straight listening back to at you. Are you listening to Hearts? Yeah, it was six in a row. I was thinking, what's going to come number five? <laughs> Cindy Lauper girls just want to have fun. Yep, I guessed it. We've been bigging you up all flipping morning. You've been listening to another. I retract everything I've said about this Muppet. Flashdance, what a feeling was her tune number three in the uh, six in a row, oh, by I've the way. Oh, I've got to know. What was the, what was the, the last one? Uh, it was uh, Will Young, Like My Fire. Wow. He's a classic from uh, back in the day. <laughs> Will Young, Like My Fire is not a classic <laughs> in anybody's uh, stretch of the imagination. Now, brilliant pictures in uh, some of the papers today. It's great. I mean, the horrible riots in Baltimore. Uh, it's all kicking off and it's, it's been absolutely terrible. One picture that's kind of uh, uh, um, has, has, I think, warmed my heart, showing that we, you know, we are all um, uh, not slaves to the rhythm. That's Grace Jones. Mm. Basically, we're, we're all young kids at heart. There's a mum was watching the riots on telly. She saw a young lad with a balaclava on. She went, "Hey, that's my boy chucking rocks at a copper. Hey, that's just around the corner." She marched around the corner. The pictures are brilliant. She's grabbed him by the ear, whacked him round the head, <laughs> then grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and is either taking him home or taking him to the police station. Yeah. I bet he'd rather go to the police station. You're not such a bad boy now, oh, are you? It's such a good picture. And it just, it, we all boiled it. You know, even, even the, the nastiest, naughtiest person has got a mum. And if their mum caught them, they would get what for. Mm. Uh, you've taken this to the streets, Justin, being told off by your mum. Yeah, when was the last time your mum told you? off. Some people it was years ago, some people it was very recently, a mixture of ages. I love the tough guy at the end. Uh, here's what people had to say on the streets this morning. Fiona, I put it to you. When was the last time your mum told you off? Probably last week. <laughs> ah, right, OK. How old are you? Uh, 31. A man should never ask that question, but I've asked it anyway. It's too late now. OK, you're 31 years old. What were you told off for? For walking into her house and looking in her fridge before I even say hello to her. And you still do that now at 31? do that now at 31. What happened five years ago, sir? I think it was was arguing. I, I went to visit her and was arguing over the TV as to which channel we're watching. I did one EastEnders, and you had a row, and you were told off over EastEnders. Yes. Yeah. Your mum was bang on the money. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. How dare you say no to a bit of EastEnders? <laughs> yes, exactly. Disgrace as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. How old are you, madam? I'm 30. I'm getting away with this this morning by asking these questions. Okay. When was the last time your mum told you off? Oh, quite recently. I started biting my fingernails and she slapped my hand away from my mouth. 
Yeah, that's never going to end. <laughs> Even at 30, you're still doing it? Yes. Madam, you're in your 40s. We've established that, which is a good start to our conversation. <laughs> when was the last time your mum had a go at you? Uh, told you off for being naughty? Oh, she always tells me off. Last week, yeah, I get told off. So what did you do wrong last week? When you're in your 40s, for goodness sake. <laughs> Probably because I didn't put cream on my eyes, because my eyes come up and I didn't put cream on it and she told me off. Fair play. What, mum's a four? It is, definitely. Great stuff, thank you. That's all right. Hugh, for you it's been a long time, 20 years since you got told off by your mother. What was she telling you off for? Being vegetarian. Did you listen to her? <sighs> Eventually. So how long were you a veggie for? Ten years. And during that ten year period, was your mum nagging you all the time? Pretty much. Sammy? You look like a tough guy, but when was the last time your mum told you off? Yesterday, actually. <laughs> what did you do wrong? Come on, open up. Messy room. Why can't you just tidy it up? Uh, can't be bothered. One of them, I'm one of them lads, lazy lads. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you tidy? I can't be bothered. <laughs> oh man, tidying your room is such mm. a. Isn't it funny when you're a teenager or a young man, uh, uh, you a messy room. You, but when you get older, you want a really tidy house. Mm -hmm. When does that change happen? I don't know. Justin, excellent stuff. Get back to heart. I hope you enjoy the tunes, mate. Thank you, Giza. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Great Gaddesden on Leighton Buzzard Road, that's been blocked in both directions now between Ledgemore Lane and Nettledon Road, and it's causing queues from Ringshall Road uh, southbound and northbound from Pink. Pickett's End Road. In Aston Clinton on the A41, that's looking really slow at the Woodland Roundabout. And in Milton Keynes, standing ways busy into town around the Shenley Roundabout and the Bleak Hall Roundabout. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 26 for Abbey and 25 for Enfield. No reports of any problems on the trains, though. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, it's uh, Wednesday the 29th of April, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murdering a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire earlier this month. A disabled Hertfordshire peer has complained to Transport for London after being refused a place on a bus yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. And a father has questioned the way sex education is being taught to pupils at a primary school near Bedford. More of your calls coming up after we get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've seen one or two sharp showers already this morning, just working their way in through parts of Buckinghamshire and indeed Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire now. We've got those working their way through. That's ahead of the main band of rain. Some heavy, more persistent rain also working its way towards us. Not far away now, just to, uh, heading into parts of Buckinghamshire out towards the west, but it will continue on its journey eastwards through the course of the morning. Post-midday, though, it should have cleared and it's a much dry, drier, brighter and finer picture this afternoon. We're looking at a maximum of around 13 Celsius. Overnight tonight one or two showers still possible but it looks like it's mostly going to be dry and clear which means it is going to be a chilly one again the minimum temperature down to two or three celsius in the countryside towns and cities a little milder but it's also entirely possible we could get a little bit of ground frost by dawn tomorrow morning a brighter day for thursday more sunny spells but some slow moving showers possible or perhaps a rumble or two of thunder maximum temperature for thursday 13 celsius that's your forecast thank you kate 
Stay there, Mary. Coming to you next. We all know that there's a general election looming. Prime Minister has informed the Queen of the David Cameron has informed the Queen of the dissolution of Parliament. Firing the formal starting gun on the general election campaign. But locally, it's not all about the national picture, as there's also a mayoral election taking place. Medford's interesting. It's one of the few places in the country that actually elects its mayor. Tomorrow, I'll be live from Bedford Rugby Club to bring you an insight from the candidates. There isn't one simple answer. It has to be different actions. If you'd like to be part of the audience and have your questions answered, email 3cr at bbc.co.uk with your details. Would the candidates like to express their support for free car parkings throughout the area? And you can listen to the whole debate right here from 3 tomorrow afternoon. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Mary, Mary, where are you going to? You're right, Mary. (laughs) Yes, thank you. What have you got for us? Right, I um, asked my 13-year-old daughter if she'd ever seen a picture of an erect penis. and she. Good morning, guys. (laughs) This is BBC Three Counties Radio, home of the hits. (laughs) And she just laughed, and I said, well, do you know what it is? And she went, no. And I said, but you did you did it. You did sex education at primary school. And she sort of went, yeah, but we just giggled and the boys were stupid. Yeah. And, and that's, now that's giggling and being stupid is, is fine. That's kind of how we deal with these things, isn't it? But did none of it... I nearly said, did none of it go in? That's inappropriate. <laughs> so I'm, I've, got to be so, I've got to be so careful. Did, 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 she, um, did she learn anything from it? Well, I didn't have time to sort of talk to her more because she went off to school. But she, all she commented on was that she thought they were too immature and that you should do sex education in when you go to senior school, year seven, year eight. What, what's year? That's uh, what eleven years old, twelve years old. Yeah, twelve. I always struggle to work those out. Okay, Mary, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know where babies come from? No, uh, <laughs> she was. She's thirteen. Yeah. Is that the first time you've talked to her about sex? No. So have no. you have you have you had a chat with her? Have you spoken to her about um, what happens and, and boys and things? Well, we've talked about boys and boyfriends, but we haven't. No, I've not discussed the ins and outs of erect penises. No. The not ins yet. and outs of she's erect not, penises. The Justin <laughs> Dealey story. She's uh, not. She's not ready yet. At 13? No, I mean, she's not started what Lego Okay, start. OK, but, but still, so, it's not, it's not know, all physical, it's, though, is it? It's, it's A lot of it is mental and emotional, and so she may not, you know, have, have begun periods and things like that. She's, she's going to hate, hate you, by the way, for talking about this on the radio. I hope she's not, none of her mates are listening. <laughs> um, but it's... Um, it, uh, have you not talked to her about, um, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know, condoms and, and, and things? Uh... No, not oh. not condoms. We've just talked about boys and relationships, yeah. kissing, holding hands. But she just says, uh, "Mum, I just like my horses. Not interested in boys." Wow. Okay. And you so, and, and 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 I'm sure she's telling the truth. I would imagine not saying this about you. I, I would imagine that some uh, girls of that age and some boys of that age would say that just to get mum off their back, so they don't <laughs> have to have that embarrassing conversation. She had a friend round at the weekend and they were discussing boys in their class and they said, 
oh no, there's no there's no good boys in our class. And then her friend said, well, apart from Max. Yeah, Max oh, sounds. That's yeah. Not a real name. I'm just saying that. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know, I went, oh, so you fancy Max then? And the the little girl went, yeah, he's all right. And my daughter just was going, nah, nah. Yeah. When could I go to the stables, Mum? Is it? And I'm just listening. I'm having this. My boys are five and three, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm working my way through this as as any parent does. You know, most of us do the best that we can. Mm. Is it not better to bring up the conversations of, you know, erections and, and condoms and things like that before they need them? Before 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 they get to that stage where they're they're going to be prominent in their lives? Do you know what I mean? So they, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Or something. Is that the same? Yeah. Is that the same? Yeah. Have I got that right? Just forewarned. That's it. Yes. So they know the stuff before it becomes an actual part of their lives. Yeah, but what, nobody knows when that time is going to happen, do they? Well, because, I, that, well, you I, get thirteen-year-old girls that are pregnant already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My daughter's in, likes horses. Yeah. Like, so when do you have that conversation? I mean, we. I, I don't know. I said, there's addressed, no answer to it, is there? Boyfriends and yeah. and things, but not actual physical things yet. Because don't think she's ready. You told her about uh, uh, again. If I'm asking too much, let me know. But this is just a parent talking to a parent here. And I, I don't know the answers. You uh, uh, have you spoken about you know private bits of your body and, and bits that other people aren't meant to touch unless you know you're in love oh, and stuff yes, like that. You've done, done all that. Okay. We've done all that. Yeah. yeah. I think every parent does that to, for their own... I don't think they do, Mary. That's the oh. worry. I don't think they do. That's, that's the worry. I mean, you, I don't know if you heard a caller we had earlier on. And I, don't, I don't know if Everjoy had kids, but I, I, I suspect that, that if she did, and I'm, I, if I've got this wrong, Everjoy, let me know. The conversation about private bits of your body, I don't, I, I don't know if that does get mentioned in every household. Well, it's a shame if it doesn't. Yeah. Because that's how you protect your yeah. children, isn't it? Isn't it? Good luck, Mary. It sounds like you know we're we're all we're all doing the best that we can bringing up kids. And boy, oh boy, isn't it hard work and tricky, but also the best job in the world? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I appreciate all your right. honesty this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Don't know. I wasn't. I'm not. No one thought I was having a go at that. I don't know. Last night with my boys, I was playing scale electric. Yeah, I know. I know. I was playing scale electric, and it was good. And we weren't having conversations about this. I don't know. Caroline's on the on the line. Morning, Caroline. Good morning. What would you like to say? When I was growing up, sex was a taboo subject. It was never spoken about. So I decided when I was going to have kids, it would be an open subject. Yeah. I have three boys. It's an open subject. We will sit and talk about sex, uh, their private parts, STIs, um, anything that's worrying about them, what they're worried about. I've bought them condoms, I've bought them magazines in the well, park. Well, there, there's a passion killer, Mum giving you condoms. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'm all right, thanks, Mum. <laughs> I'd, rather than be, I'd rather than be safe. How old are they, Caroline? Um, at the moment, they're 21, 17 and 15. OK. When, uh, uh, um, at what age did you kind of start talking about sex? And I know that's a really vague question, isn't it? But, but, but what, what kind of age? They were about... They were about seven. Yeah. But from when they could understand about... Um, when they were young, like when we were potty training and whatnot, we always... I always told them to use the correct word. OK, yeah, yeah. None of this, this wee-wee or whatever. It was Winkle. Like, 
Winkle, anything like Dinkle, that. Dinkle, little, yeah. little tinkle, tassel, my mum used to call mine. Little yeah, tassel. Yeah, always the proper word. Yeah. They want to talk about it, We, I said to them, you always use the correct words for it, and that's what we have done. It's tough. It's tough, isn't it? Uh, my 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 boys are five, and uh, you know they hey they observe things in the bath, and uh, I kind of answer it as I answer it honestly. I don't I don't I mean I, we we uh, we we talk honestly about it. I don't make stuff up and lie, but I talk in the way that a five year old could understand. You know he's he's worked out that touching bits of his body changes its shape and feels good, and it's he's it, you know he's curious about it. So you kind of tell them what's going on in a way that a five year old could understand. Yeah, you have to. You have to be honest with them, and you, you have to, like you say, word it in a way that they'll understand. But then, you, again, going back to Everjoy, which I, I will tweet a link to that later on, uh, Everjoy's nephew, he was nine years old, he came back, he got a gold star, star for drawing um, excellent pictures of male and female genitalia. His mum took him to Zimbabwe. Good! What? No, not as a, not, not as a treat to keep him out of sex education. Oh, right! Oh, don't <laughs> No, it wasn't a reward. Hey, you've drawn a brilliant vagina. We're going to go to Zimbabwe. It wasn't that. It was, oh, my God, you've drawn that. I'm taking you out of this school and, indeed, out of this country. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> you didn't yeah. take your boys to Zimbabwe. You took them to the chemists, which is is, is far more so. <laughs> Caroline, listen, I've got to move on, but um, thank you. What, what good... It's one of those shows again. Well, we've had lots of new calls, and they've all been... I was going to say good. No, they've all been... Uh, they've all contributed something. Yeah. To yeah. the show, that was good. Dad. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The, the, the previous caller, thirteen-year-olds, have, have you spoken about condoms? In my head, it kind of feels appropriate to have, to do it then or have done it by then. But I, well, I had the talk, you mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, it, um, yeah, it feels like it. I oh, don't know. Oh gosh, I mean, I'd rather they heard it from me than from their mates. But then you got Caroline, mum, bringing condoms back. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if she'd have been the same if she had daughters. <laughs> well. Maybe she would. It's in, in some, you know, it's equally as, I was going to say it's more important. No, it's equally as important. You know, it's equally as important. Look at us. Hey, listen, kids, we've got 20 seconds. When I was growing up, condoms was a dirty word. It's only because when AIDS kind of kicked in, what, mm-hmm. 83, 82, 83, uh, that suddenly condoms lost their cachet as a dirty word in the playground, you know, and that we can say it kind of freely. I think we've said one or two words this morning that perhaps we can't say quite so freely, but you'll understand it's a frank and adult discussion. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Great Gadsden on Leighton Buzzard Road has been blocked in both directions between Ledgemore Lane and Nettledon Road because of an accident. It's causing queues uh, northbound from the uh, from the turning for Pet. Pickett's End Road and southbound from the Great Gaddison turning at Dagnall. On Aston Clinton on the A41, that's looking slow around the Woodland Roundabout. And in Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way, it's slow between the Shenley Roundabout and Bleak Hall Roundabout. On the motorways, the M25 has a lane blocked clockwise between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and 25 for Enfield. It's also looking slow on the A1M southbound from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage. And on the trains, there are possible delays of half an hour to Birmingham of New Street because of a broken down train. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Excellent stuff. Hey, listen, uh, th- th- some great calls this morning. Thank you very much. Don't complain if you've heard rude words, for goodness sakes. Uh, Justin, brilliant. Kelly, thank you. Catherine, we really need to have a chat. Till tomorrow at six from us. Ta-ta. Local.
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you have sympathy for the dad who wouldn't move his buggy for Baroness Brinton's wheelchair? The president of the Liberal Democrats, Watford's Baroness Sal Brinton, was told she couldn't get on a bus yesterday as a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Brinton, a wheelchair user, was made to wait for the next bus. The bus companies say their drivers are advised to give wheelchair users priority when their space is occupied by an able-bodied passenger. However, the law states no passenger can be given priority over another on bus routes, whether they're in a wheelchair or not. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this local story. Do you have sympathy for the dad who wouldn't move his buggy for Baroness Brinton's wheelchair? Pick up the phone, come on and share your thoughts on this on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, woman arrested on suspicion of murdering Bedfordshire toddler, Hertfordshire peer in row over bus spaces for wheelchair users, and court hears how Hatfield father killed his young daughter. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman in her 20s has been arrested on suspicion of murder following the death of a 19-month-old girl in Bedfordshire. Toddler Autumn Gooch was found dead at an address in Malden near Ampthill earlier this month. More from Lee Agnew. Detectives are investigating what's been termed the unexplained death of Autumn Gooch, who died on Saturday the 11th of April. Beds police say the post-mortem, which took place on Wednesday the 15th, was inconclusive and investigations are ongoing. A serious case review by the Central Bedfordshire Safeguarding Children Board is also underway. A disabled Hertfordshire peer has complained to Transport for London after being refused a place on a bus yesterday because a parent with a buggy was in the disabled space. Baroness Sal Brinton from Watford, the president of the Liberal Democrats, who uses a wheelchair, was asked to wait for the next bus. There's a big blue sign that says, 